Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast, episode 259. We are one episode away from our five-year anniversary. Don't get too excited. I don't have a ton of major plans, but we would like to do something fun. It's been a fun five years uh, sharing time with you guys. So much so that I brought back Justin Parkinson, who uh, is celebrating his five-year anniversary of the pilot episode of this show, episode zero, which debuted five years ago on SoundCloud today. Does it exist? I don't think it does. Justin's mad that it doesn't, but um, it's probably for the best that it doesn't. Uh, I mean, also this week we'll talk about, God, all the stuff that's going on uh, in the world. We'll talk about this bad apples theory. We'll talk about Buffalo police officers, uh, terrible statues getting dumped in the water, uh, all that, plus some history lessons, and then we'll try and do some stuff, uh, just to have a little fun. All that and more, folks. Again, it's been almost five years, and as always, we're still very happy to have you guys here. I guess we are on the record. record. Somebody, somebody else is recording. It's on your record. Is this on the record? Are you not keeping records? I'm not. Like, I'm if you're not keeping records, then I don't uh, know. Welcome back, folks. Udcast episode 259. It is the pilot anniversary, is what I'm calling this episode. Mm. Five years ago on this day, Justin and Kevin and myself, I guess Cliff was here for it back then too, right? Yes. Uh, we recorded the first episode of the show, episode zero, with Justin Parkinson as a pretend guest at the time we were right. just uh little did we know <laughs> little did we know uh so it's been five years since we've done that so uh, justin was here today we had a nice long conversation we finally got to talk about board games which he was supposed to do last week but got distracted giving away mm. a cornhole board i was told because mm. that cornhole board giveaway was last week yeah yeah that makes sense always giving something away always, giving always something out there away. for the people uh we had a great time we're talking about uh talking about how we sort of got to meet each other and Mm. Uh, him sort of offering me the job to do the podcast and discussing the ideas we had and made you at the time. So it was actually a fun conversation. We talked yeah, about yeah. a lot of behind-the-curtain stuff. Mm. He brought that up, which is very rare, like behind-the-curtain stuff. Usually I'm the... I'm yeah, the, like, usually, yeah, you're the inside baseball I'm guy. I'm the inside baseball yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. But he was very inside baseball today, which is very interesting. Um, I, something I was thinking about, though, uh, because I mentioned to him that I started watching The Leftovers. I've been sort of on and off watching it with you. Yes, um, the leftovers. I've, I've been trying to not watch it with you, although it's too hard because we just live in the house together. So right, like, uh, right. And it's not for any other reason. I don't want to watch it with him either. Mm. I kind of want to engage on it sometimes on my own, so I mm. can form my own opinions yeah, on yeah. it without being yeah, yeah. sort of coerced into feeling one way or the other. Oh, I see. Do you I know see. what I mean? All I, right, yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll be careful not to lean on you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Not to lean on your opinions. I am, come to you. Uh, I'll say that I'm eight episodes in, and it's quite good. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Um, when I was doing, you were watching it, so I started watching a couple episodes from the first mm-hmm, season yeah. myself, just to be like, because it ended a couple years ago, so I had to go mm-hmm. back and watch some of it, because even though I liked the show a lot, I wanted to remember some of the pacing, because I knew you'd be talking about it. And I went back and I've been doing some reading and some stuff like mm-hmm. that, and I didn't realize how many... Um, lists where they were the best shows of the 2010s that The Leftovers came in number yeah. one on. They were number one on a lot of lists. Like, not only just on the list, but number one on quite a few lists. Were they nominated for any awards or anything? 
Only kind of. No, they sort of snuck under the radar. The Roshi getting nominated for something. He's pretty good. I think uh, Carrie Coon got nominated for some stuff, but I don't think she won. Uh, Well, so here's the existential crisis I was having. I don't remember Mm -hmm. if me and Justin talked about this. I think we vaguely touched upon it and then skewed off in a different direction, as as is what we do. Last few weeks, I've been kind of... I was playing a lot of video games. Mm -hmm. And then over the last, let's call it five days, I've sort of put a bit of a self-imposed video game ban on. I don't know if you've noticed. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, and a lot of it was this sort of recurring existential concern I have about video games as a form of time waster. Right. Where if I'll play, if it's like 10 o'clock at night and I play video games and it's like 1 o'clock in the morning, I feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. I look down at my phone I'm like, oh, God, really? I spent three hours playing, even if I was having a fine time, Right. right. But I, I'll stay awake till late and watch a TV show or piece of art, right? Mm-hmm. And then not feel quite as bad about it. And I wonder where the cutoff is. Like, why do I feel one way about one thing? Is it because video games have been sort of presented as like a kid's toy, whereas television shows high art? That's a part of it, but I think part of it is also the level with which you engage with the content. Yeah. You know, some video games that you play are have, like, big stories, right? There's, like, mm-hmm. big video games that are cinematic that you play. You're getting into story mode. You're learning, solving puzzles, like, exploring, all this wild stuff, right? Yep, sure. There's other video games that are, like, say you take, like, a FIFA, like, the soccer game. If you sit there and play FIFA for X amount of time, how engaging are you really with, like, I'm just running this soccer game again and again mm-hmm. and running another game, running another game, whereas opposed to... You're watching this show and it's making you think and you're talking about the shots and the actors and the way it is and the themes and what it is and like waiting for more. And that's probably where the line is for me. Well, here's an even stupider one. I don't feel bad if Justin comes over Mm. and says, hey, do you want to play a game of FIFA against each other? Now you're playing with somebody. I'm playing a video game with somebody. With somebody is completely different. Okay, I'm going to take this one step further. What if I play a video game online against another real human being? Why do I feel worse about that than a real person in the room? Because I can see them? Uh, yeah, because the because the real because the people in the room are the real people you know. Yeah, there's a different level of wanting to engage with people you know instead of like engaging with just like strangers. It's like yeah, we're here and playing, but I don't know you. You might just be like the computer. I think it's not the same thing, but like television is closer to reading a book, whereas like you when you watch a television show and it challenges what you would think about something, it opens mm-hmm. up new avenues. Oh, I never thought about something like that. Yeah. I never thought about this way. Or a movie, that. too. Or a movie. Anything yeah. is like that, right? I always think about books that way because books I always thought was like a stupid quote, but are books are like exercise for your brain. Mm. Right? It's, how it's you, true. It's how you learn new words and thoughts and concepts, just reading books, right? Uh, yeah. Any kind of book. I think people sort of respect TV now, like especially prestige TV. I wonder if that's sort of seen in that same way, too. If this was a different show. Now, if we've stayed awake all night watching... The Real Housewives of New York. What is that? Do we do we feel worse about ourselves because it's a less prestigious, well received television show? Uh, I mean, personal feelings aside, let people watch. What they <laughs> no, watch. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> would I, for me personally, uh, no, I'd probably go to bed. Yeah, right, <laughs> I'd was, go to bed. Okay. If you yeah. were, yeah, if you were really getting into like Vanderpump Rules, I'd probably be like, I'll see you tomorrow. People like that show. A lot of people. Uh, all right, so. That was, that was kind of a fun conversation. That's good. Well, oh, you uh, had fun. That was, was good. That was a fun, fun conversation. Good conversation there. I'm glad you're having fun. Well, because I want to get because we do have to talk about some relatively serious things. That Lots I of get to. Lots probably. of serious things. Uh, so a couple real low key things before we get into the serious stuff. Uh, hair haircut countdown has begun. I went to get a haircut last weekend and they were closed mm. because of some stuff that happened. I don't know exactly, uh, but I'm going to go into my. I, ha- I have to do it. I can't keep up with this anymore. I've, I'm going to brave the the haircut. I got to mm. go do it. I got to do it. Mm. You should go late and bring this microphone and see if we can convince Polly to come back to the show. I'm going to text him right now after mm. the show. 
five-year anniversary next week, Paulie. Come on the show. Hey, that'd be a good one. Yeah. Um, also this week, uh, yeah, again, if you guys, uh, I'm trying to figure out some way to do something fun for, like, five-year anniversary. Uh, you know, if people want to reach out to me on Twitter about, like, I'm curious about when people first found this show. Like, when, like, our longtime listeners first sort of stumbled upon it and what they feel, right? Yeah. So I may I'll reach out to a few of our longtime listeners mm-hmm. and see if I can get, like, some testimonials. Mm. Some music <laughs> testimonials. Uh, but we'll see. Um, and I just want to, I don't know if we should say her name, but I wanted to, um, I want to send my regards out to our friend's mom who passed away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, one of the best of all time. We will scream her name from the mountains. Well, I, don't, I never know how to feel about stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, our our dear friend Steve, uh, his, he lost his mother. His mother, Vicky, was one of the best ladies mm. who I've ever known. Um, yeah. She was an excellent mother, and she was a mother to everybody who ever knew one of her kids. Uh, her house was always open to everybody at all times for anything you ever need with, you know, no judgment, nothing but, you know, yeah. love and a helping hand. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a shame. It's a really, really good one, gone too early. And, uh, you know, you're sad for the family, but you're lucky to have been so close to yeah. know somebody so wonderful. It's important shame to, to see. I think everyone, everyone who has a group of friends has that one place. Where yes. you guys all congregate, right? Yeah, and, when you're uh, younger. I mean, this is, you know, people yeah. that you've known for, for 20 years now. Yeah. It's when you're young and, like, when you're hanging out in high school age and stuff like that. Everyone's got that one house you can yeah. go to and that one set of parents who's, like, everybody's parents and that one mom who's the group's mom. Yeah. And uh, that was her. Yeah. And I, I think it, it shouldn't be cast aside as well. Just out beside being a mother to us and all of Steve's friends and all of yeah, our yeah. crew. She taught in the Whitesboro School District, I believe. Uh, the Utica School Utica, District. Yeah. No, no, she taught she, in Utica School yeah, District. Jefferson, yeah, wherever. Yeah, Jefferson, I think. Jefferson uh, Elementary. Yeah. She taught there for so many years, so I, I can't imagine how many other young students mm-hmm. and, and families decades and parents. And decades, yeah. yeah. So, a, a wonderful woman. And I, I was thinking a lot about this, um, like, in this time where we're in, like, you know, this world of, like, terrible police brutality and all the stuff that's going on normal trauma feels like it's marginalized sometimes like the normal regular trauma of people's lives i've known a couple so yeah i've known a couple of people who've um experienced great loss uh through yeah. the time that we've had the quarantine and pandemic you know a couple yeah. couple good friends um you know have lost people close to them and it is tough for those people because you don't get to do a lot of the normal uh rituals that we do when we yeah. lose people you know the wake yeah. and the calling hours where everybody comes and you have this like you know this real moment where just all these people come yeah. tell you how much this person that you love so much touched them as well and it's really like life affirming and positive even yeah. though it's very emotional to go through and mm-hmm. stuff like that but it comes up and you can't you don't have these rituals you don't get to celebrate with the people and you definitely feel like your grief gets hijacked a little bit yeah you know what i mean yeah. where it's like because For there's sure. so much other stuff going on and so much other noise everywhere that it just sort of, I can imagine it feels like you get put by the wayside. And yeah. I feel bad for anybody who's lost somebody who's going through something like that yeah. during these times. Because, you know, it's definitely tough. And it's, uh, yeah. Well, I, I think that's fair. I think that's a, you know, it, it's just, it's a tough world out there right now. And things are different than they were, right? And we just have to keep in mind that things will be different for, you know, for mm-hmm. forever probably. <laughs> we I mean, well, things, not are, forever, but. things are always changing. That's yeah. what you learn when anything happens. When any, you know, even be it the... You know, whichever trauma, everybody's experienced a lot of trauma this year. Some people more than others, but people have, it's been a traumatic, you know, time so far. And whenever you experience trauma, you learn that you just go on. Things are always changing. The nature of life is that life is constantly changing. And it's how you adapt to the wild changes life throws at you that becomes the dictating tone for the, you know, story you lead. Uh, The TV show they make about your life. To bring it all full circle. So, again, I want to just say, you know, uh, Vicki Anderson. Shout out to the Anderson family. We're the best of all time. Yeah, yeah. Again, a great woman. I'm going to miss her. Mm. Great lady. 
Okay, uh, I want to talk about bad apples for a second. This is, mm. this is an analogy that mm. people are, are bringing up a lot lately. You know, okay. a lot of bad apples. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about science for a second. Okay, is it, could it be okay? <laughs> so because that's only half the phrase. That is correct. You, you know the rest of the phrase, right? A few bad apples. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A few bad apples spoils the bunch. That is correct because. One bad, overripe, or moldy apple really can cause all the other apples around it to spoil because apples are full of ethane gas. Mm. Uh, and one moldy apple can lead to bunches of them as the gas spreads looking for new sources of yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. So, Much like anything, as anybody knows from like times of potato famine, you know what I mean? One potato thrown in there, same thing. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting... It's an interesting. It's funny, I see that analogy thrown out all the time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I don't know how much we want to talk about... Well, let me ask you, because I had this whole setup. What's been on your mind over this last week since we've talked a lot? Like, what has sort of oh, been... Oh, man. Um, what's been dogging at your subconscious over the last few weeks here? Man, I mean, all... There's just so much. There's, uh, just, there's so much to consume and pay attention to, and for as much uh, tumultuous time as there's been going on and will yeah. continue to be... I, maybe it's in my nature, maybe it's coping mechanism, maybe it's whatever it is, I can't help but look at so many of the various things that are going on right now and feel hopeful. Yeah. Things feel different, great, great things point. feel, um, there's there's a real feel of sea change in the air, you know what I mean? There's real, uh, you can't help but just find all the silver linings, the hopeful parallels for things that are going on and hope that mm-hmm. things keep continue to pushing for the positive because a lot of people seem to be awake and pushing yeah. towards, you know what I mean, towards this moment. Yeah, it's. It, I'm happy, you know, I, this, this sounds weird. I was talking to a small child earlier this week in my family, mm-hmm. right? And this small child is, you know, way too young to vote, right? Right. But kids are, are also old enough to read the news on their cell phones. They know yeah, yeah. sort of, they have some gauge of what's going on. For sure. And I, I sort of, I had an interesting moment with her, and she said, you know, I, I'm, I hope that, you know, people stop being mean to other people, and I hope that, you know, people stop being racist, because I yeah. feel like it's bad. And I was like, that's, yes. that's great. It's awesome. Yes. But she also is like, I'm afraid to go have fun on Twitter. And I was like, and I had to explain to her, I was like, I understand that, but I also think it's important for you to understand why this is still a story every day, and why it's good that it's not being pushed away and that we're trying yeah, to get, yeah yeah 100 yeah. it's t- i mean it's tough well especially when you get to to kids you yeah. know what i mean and to stuff like that and to what you know to what goes on it's got it's got to be tough to, i couldn't imagine having a child who was like 10 to 12 to 15 yeah. age right now in today's, Somewhere in that in today's age, age, world yeah. i couldn't imagine what that's got to be like uh there are two stories i think there's a lot there's so many stories that are going on right now it's kind of hard to pinpoint where to go with any of these stories 100 percent uh, but I want to talk about two of them specifically. We talk about the Buffalo police officers. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm sure many folks have seen the video of a, what was he, 70? 75. 75-year-old uh, Ma- uh, Martin Gugino, who was, can we say he was pushed over? By yeah. Yeah, 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 because they pushed him over. Um, what did you, I mean, there's so many things to feel bad about for everything, like, disgusting about what happened here. Like, just the, the callousness in which they treated him after he fell down, and the way that they tried to pretend that he was agitating toward them. Uh-huh. Or the fact that the police, like, cheered the guys who came out of the building after they all, like, there's a lot of really weird stuff going on with this Buffalo police story, and you seem like you, <laughs> you're pretty... Uh, you have something to say about it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm waiting to hear, I mean, you're, what do you, what do you have to say about it? I find myself a lot lately trying not to have... There's so many videos of, like, this stuff going on. Right. And I find it... 
I just don't know. I feel like people don't have any concept for just raw morality outside of, like, we have to pick a side, right? Like, how can you see an old man? Even if he, like, even if I saw an old man in a MAGA hat, right? I wouldn't knock him over. He's an old man. Like, that's yeah, for just, sure. that's sure. just, like, for sure. regular human decency, yeah. right? And it, I find it so jarring to watch so many of these videos come out every day. I'm glad that you feel jarred. And all the... I'm glad that you feel jarring. Yeah, and I know that's why it's there, right? Yeah. Um, and what also I find jarring about it is this, the sheer number of bad actors. Yeah. Uh, who, who want to defend it. And I also... And, it t- and I was going to talk a little bit about the, the Mark Zuckerberg thing with the scientists that they have. Like, he's been funding that scientists uh, thing. And the science that he was funding essentially came out and said that Facebook is screwing up with the way they're handling it. Yeah, he's a villain. And I find it he's interesting... A villain. That's a bad guy. There's this narrative now that, like, it seems like I've seen the internet that... Facebook is a right-wing platform now, and Twitter and Instagram are left-wing platforms. And I'm like, I don't know. I go on all these platforms, and I see tons of terrible stuff everywhere. Everybody's out here chopping yeah. up all over the place. I think it's kind of a misnomer to say that one of these platforms is bad and one is good, because I feel like they're all full of terrible actors, <laughs> terrible to say, people. Well, yeah. to say that one is good, I mean, you can't say anything inherently good becomes your argument, yeah. right? Because it's all shades of gray. Like, is Facebook certainly, you know, the worst of the bunch? And, like, is Facebook certainly the, probably the most problematic uh, whether internally or externally of the bunch, certainly. But, yeah. like, there's plenty of blame to go around in a lot of these different tech companies and social media companies. And I think this is a question that a lot of people are saying, going back to the, you know, this video from these Buffalo police officers getting shared all over the internet mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I think, you know, would we have even... What would have happened if there was no video? Right? Like, how... I, I just that's, wonder... Well, so that's that's the... you. I mean, to, to wonder, I, I'll tell you what would happen. The mm. same thing that's been happening for a hundred mm. years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the same thing The same thing that happened in 1921 in Tulsa when they burned down Black Wall Street. Yeah. Same thing that happened in 1985 when the Philadelphia police bombed a city block and killed black children. When the police bombed their own city. That's yeah. the same thing that would happen. Any... Any black folks you talk to would tell you that. Yeah. That's exactly what would happen. And that's what feels, finally, people, there's enough video. And we live in a time yeah. where people can capture this stuff and people can be held accountable. I mean, the amount of overreach and outright uh, antagonizing we've seen by the police on the internet. And I understand, you know, you have to watch videos with context. But, like, you watch the whole context yeah. of all these videos, the overwhelming majority of it is these these guys are acting aggressive. They're acting like warriors. Acting like they're at odds with the people they're with, and that has to change. It's yeah. too much. It's out of control. And my God, hopefully, finally, people keep waking up and they keep pushing. And that's on white folks to lead the charge and to lead the way because that's where the problem sits and that's where the problem comes from. You know what I mean? The original yeah. sin of this country. And you know, if you know, then you know, and you've probably known for a while. But I'm glad more people are starting to figure out that it's not enough to just be like, "Oh, I'm not racist," but you have to be actively anti-racist, and that starts with uncomfortable conversations in your own home with the people that you love and people that might come from a different generation or whatever. But, you know, it's not enough to just not say anything anymore to people who are still problematic in a lot of ways in your life. And that's it's what hard, I've... but, like, you got to find a way to work up to it. You yeah. Know? And that, I've seen a lot more people doing it, too. And that's, again, ah! we, talk, we talked about that hopefulness, and that's what where you get that hope. You see a lot more people standing by that mentality. For sure. I, now, see, yeah. I see so many... Dude, some of my young cousins... Mm-hmm. I have young cousins... Um, that are all all young female cousins that are between the age of like you know probably 19 and like 24 25 i'm not sure how old exactly everybody yeah. but some of them who are like you know like been going to school and like our leaders and like are out on twitter and like the, these mindsets and like the, this younger generation that i see these people carrying forward and these attitudes and this 
decision where it's like, no, we're not going to live like this anymore. It's amazing. It's amazing to watch some of the younger folks come up, and that's not like not changing any further. You know what I mean? Yeah. The younger it is, you talk to folks, the more and more they're like, absolutely not. Like we can't. You know, there's it's, still isolated pockets because there was a rally out in Fort Plain, yep. out near Dodgeville, just the other day, where there were dudes out there talking yep. about the Klan with Confederate flags yes, and the whole nine yards out there. Give me heartburn oh, this morning. Man, you I. Fort Plain is out there in the middle of the woods. I saw a comment on there. It was like, why is it that every city immediately outside of Utica thinks it fought for the Confederacy? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's understands. Yeah. Uh, it's wild, man. Uh, speaking of people who fought for the Confederacy, have you seen uh, the protesters uh, toppling the slave trader statue down in uh, at Bristol Harbor? Absolutely love to see it. They threw it in the river where we used to dock the boats. You'd it's love to amazing. see it. Amazing. Love to see it. Uh, have you seen a lot of people talking about the statues thing? It. Like, oh, we should see. We should put these statues in a museum for what? No, we should. You, if you, if you really felt like that, if you were really about that life, then you had your chance. But yeah. now we should put them. We should put them in space. We should. Like, <laughs> Fire them into the sun. We shouldn't send them. Yeah, we should fire them <laughs> to the sun to be ashamed to have them preserved in space for all the time. Yeah, no. Uh, if you have got some wild Confederate like general statue, like some slave trader statue, and somebody pulls it down, throws it in the river. Yeah, yeah man, I don't know. Like, I don't. I've got no sympathy for it. I really don't. Love to see it. I, I understand the arguments that people make where it's like, oh, history and this and that. And you know me. You know I like history. I like artifacts. I like museums. That's right. I get it all. But like, you can't say you're erasing history. Read a book. The history is all in the books. You don't need. The twelve foot tall General Lee down in the town square. Uh, I have three people for you this week who people are big mad at. Three, three people this Just week. Just three. Just okay. three. Well, I picked down to three. First one. Uh, it, oh, by the way, sorry about the door, guys. Because we have open windows. They probably here. can't even hear it. I'm, can I'm they? sure they can hear it. We'll do the same. That's fine. There you go. No, it's fine. If you hear the door squeaking, it's because we have wind in here. It is what it is. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, all right. Uh, first one is Ben Carson. Sucks. <laughs> Uh, ben Carson uh, once again trotted out his lines about how the kneeling uh, that Callan Kaepernick did to protest uh, police brutality last year or two years, a couple years ago. Uh, he eventually said that if NFL players are protesting why they are mad, they should say why. And my answer is, Ben, they've already they said, said why. That's disingenuous. That's not real. You don't even give something like that actual airtime because he doesn't mean it. He's lying. Yeah. He's lying. So call it what it is. He's lying. Does, he so, knows. He's not like, how could you believe this? He doesn't believe that. He knows. Roger Goodell came out this week as well, and he tried to do like that thing that a lot of like corporations who also mm-hmm. give did money. See, did you see Roy Mitt Romney out there marching? <laughs> I did. With black lives, the same black lives. He's he's angling. Yeah. He's he knows yeah. they're probably they might have to run somebody else in November. And he's like, well, you know what? I'm out here, Mr. Mitt Romney. Do you really think they're gonna run somebody in November? Look at this man. He's falling apart. He's watch him fall over on TV. See what happens. Ooh, wow, that'd be something. Watch him, man. Keep watching TV. Huh. Interesting. Uh, all right. So, yeah, Ben Carson. Uh, here's the thing, right? I think Ben Carson's an idiot. This is stupid. I thought Roger Goodell coming out and saying that the NFL condemns everything and that they're sorry that they acted the way they did before is all well and good. But I need Roger Goodell to at least actually say, we screwed Colin Kaepernick over. That's what I would need to hear him say for me to actually believe that he cares about the NFL doing anything about this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you I, can. it's great. It, like with a lot of things, great that you came out and you said this and yes. you made yourself feel better. And you've done your performative, oh, geez, you know, I just feel so bad. This is all such a shame. Great. That's great. That's a good start. But you have to back that up with action. So we'll see if they back that up with action. You can't come out, put out a polished statement, some sort of initiative, and expect it to just be swept back under. You know what I mean? You need to do more than just do the dance and perform the ritual and get the I'm a good person points. 
Uh, the other people, the other person people are big mad at this week is Candace Owens. Yes, uh, who I've seen a lot of people uh, on Facebook being like, "Oh, this lady's got a lot of interesting things to say," which has given me Ugh. stress a lot lately. Uh, GoFundMe Ugh. suspended Candace Owens' fundraiser this week after controversial comments she made about George Floyd. Not a surprise. Uh, people big mad now, Candace Owens, uh, and I get it. She's the worst, and I don't feel bad. About it. <laughs> I, I find so many people I've been seeing posting her stuff now recently being like, like it proves some sort of point. Yeah, and, and it, you know, like I said about things and people being disingenuous, you know, you can sort of underscore that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say what Candace Owens can say about uh, being black in America because she's black and I'm not. That's you know true. what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not going to say a word about it and I'll hold my tongue. But I will just underscore my point earlier where I said, you know, about disingenuousness. And you wonder about it in various things that you see presented across social media. Exactly. Exactly. A lot of people who I see posting that, I feel like. consistency and honesty and, uh, you know, that scored up against disingenuous is important to always consider when you're taking anything in. Exactly. That's all I'll say. And again, I've seen a lot of people using it what seems to be in a disingenuous way. That's sort of what I... Yeah, that's been my big issue. Or they're rubes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And last but not least, people... Facebook is the worst, man. You gotta... It's gotta go. Uh, And last but not least, people are mad at Harry uh, Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling, who seems to just go on Twitter and stoke people recently. She's getting in trouble a lot. I'm just gonna say this. If I'm J.K. Rowling, I have all this money... I would probably stop saying anything about anything. Yeah. No, I just... Like... No, I can... I don't know. I saw that... I saw her name in a headline. I didn't read what happened. Um, she says a lot of I... anti-trans stuff and transphobic oh. stuff. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about... The, yeah, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't... So I didn't see anything about it because when I see... I didn't... I'm not a Harry Potter guy, so I just don't read that about her whenever yeah. I see the name. But I will agree with the main thesis. If I had the type of money this lady has made off Harry Potter, you would never, ever hear from me again. Nope. Never. Not a word. I don't think either... Ah, uh, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, that I'd be in every Stephen King. of America. I'm not Stephen sure. King. The opposite <laughs> of Stephen King. Uh, all right. So, yeah. I guess that's that's most of the serious stuff we have. Although, I have to admit, even our like lighthearted stuff is a little serious this week, for the most part. I mean, it's serious times. Yeah. You know, it's serious times. It's been, it's been a wild year to, to pretend... To pretend what's going on outside every single person who's listening to the show's doors isn't the same as what's going on outside our door. It would be disingenuous of ourselves. And I guess it's important for me so, to say, too... It's not that I don't think that we should talk about serious things on this show. We talk, I, yeah, you and me talk about this all the time. How serious should we talk yeah, about stuff, and yeah. at what depth can we cover what yeah. things? Mm-hmm. Because we don't want to see you don't want to seem glib and like you're passing something over or like mm-hmm. you're ignoring something. But at a certain point, if you're only going to give something a couple minutes as you're moving through it, and not really dissect and you know do it the do, then how worth it is yeah. it to get into? Various things, and we never really know. You know what I mean? We never really know when we're talking about stuff. So, again, so, th- so for the sake of argument, this interview with Justin is actually pretty lighthearted. We did finally talk yeah. about um, the board game stuff that he was supposed to talk about last week. You know what he said his game was? Well, it's not a spoiler. He loves trouble. Talk about trouble a lot. He loves oh, Candyland, too. Mm, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but we also actually talked about uh, this weekend, made at Handshake City, they're doing something with In Bloom Yoga this weekend. So, mm-hmm. talk a bit about that. Uh, and again, we got sort of behind the curtain about how the show got pitched and the ideas behind it and how everything sort of stumbled into places it always does. I actually even got into a conversation about whether he thinks they would have done a podcast if I had never pitched it to him. Ooh. Like, so whether they would have come Ooh. around to the idea of podcasting eventually. So that's a fun conversation as well. And it is about 50 minutes, so if you've heard me and Justin a lot before, get ready for some more. It's me and Justin. Yeah, yeah. a good hangout. Good hangout. It's going to be a little hangout interview.
so just because this is how my mind works for folks who are listening, uh, Justin's here. He was supposed to be here last week, but we got caught up with some with some other Devin. stuff. That, huh? Devin, cornhole boards. Devin, yeah, Devin was dealing with the cornhole boards, so we had to wait. And I didn't feel like waiting till 9 o'clock, because yeah. I'm very lazy. Uh, but last week, Justin was supposed to come on and talk about board games, because uh, Justin loves a good board game, card game, and I thought it was good evergreen content for the listeners out there, especially... Yeah. In such a serious time we live in, I thought it'd be fun to do something fun. So, Justin, you're here this week. Yes. Uh, but, as we were preparing for this, uh, we were watching The Price is Right. Yes. Because that's kind of what we do here <laughs> at the, the Unicast HQ. Uh, now that well, you know what time it is. If we're... You know what time it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was thinking, when we were kids, Murray used to watch like board games. And something they would say, like, oh, well, tell them what they've won, Johnny's like, you've won... The at-home version yeah. of the Family Feud board game, and like you would double get there or something like double like yeah. there. Yeah. Is there a family a home version of Prices Right? I, I saw so you. I looked up just think TV shows and movies based on video or uh, board games, and everything's like Friends trivia or the mm. Game of Thrones Monopoly version or just Jurassic Park the board game. It's like, what does that even mean? Well, GFOP... Is this a version of some other existing game with just different licensing changes? I felt bad because I was ragging on the various Monopoly versions last week. I was like, I don't like any version of a board game that's not the original version. Like, I agree. Like, our friend Frankie made us play Supernatural Clue. Like, Clue, but based on the TV show Supernatural. Like, why can't we just play Clue? Right, like, why, cool. why yeah. does, what is why this does ad? Why be based on game? TV Supernatural? But then yeah. I felt bad because, um, because Pete... Me, sent me a picture. Uh, Pete forgets. Uh, Pete Connors, who's been on the show many times. Uh, he's got Grateful Dead themed Monopoly. Like Grateful Deadopoly, right? Or whatever it is. And I thought about it after. I was like, you know what? If Because if there was like a Twin Peaks Monopoly, yeah. or like a Godzilla Monopoly, I'm sure there is. Yeah, they're, they're probably. De- I wouldn't you, get the it. Unica to, Monopoly. I wouldn't I mean, get how many it of those play things it. they probably sell? It's more of a collector's item, right? If you like that thing. Right? Yeah. It's cool to have the Utica Monopoly because we live in Utica yeah. and it's the thing we reference. I like Twin Peaks, so if you want to buy me the Twin Peaks Monopoly, we don't have to play it. It's pretty cool that I yeah, have it, have right? It. But I yeah. I still stand behind my original. I think that any version of so, the game... So, yeah, if you're getting those, you shouldn't be playing your collectible sets, <laughs> No, right? those are, like, those, you are show... <laughs> those are show pieces. So you should always be playing regular Monopoly and keeping the other games on your shelf. Um... So for just a quick recap from last week when we were talking about board games, I gave my top five best and worst board games. Uh, my top five from last week, uh, for people just a reminder, was Trivial Pursuit, Battleship, Scrabble, Othello, and Monopoly 54321 in that order. I didn't receive a ton of pushback, uh, and I have to admit, I didn't spend as much time as I would normally do really digging into the dirt to decide which of these is my favorite. These are probably just the five games I liked playing the most as a kid and as a young adult. Uh, Justin, did you come up with a list of five, or did you want me to go through the list of stuff and we can debate the the list well, I have? I have. I don't know if I would have five, right? Like, so I could f- I could figure out um, a couple that are my go tos. Okay. So starting just off the bat, I was telling you is trouble. Popmatic Trouble. Yes, that's um, for just the reason alone. That was a game we played all the time at the house. I don't know if it was just something um, that the consensus in the house could agree everybody didn't mind playing. Right? Like maybe it had a slight weird. Yeah, and like I was telling you before, I like a game where the strategy is left to 
not remembering if the guy had a mustache or not, right? Or like putting your sure. yeah, yeah, or yeah. putting your checker in in four in a row. That seems really simple to not let you get four in a row. Hmm. I mean, how the, stuff like that is like you can establish who's better at certain things off the bat. Yeah, yeah. I want to take that out because sometimes in board games you're playing with your parents or like your sister, and you need like that uh, Madden mode where it balances the teams. <laughs> Trouble creates a scenario where it doesn't matter your age or anything, you could win the game. Um, so that's a bonus for that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think Trouble, much like Sorry, or uh, even to a certain extent, I talked about this with Yahtzee. Mm-hmm. Yahtzee it, still requires you to make uh, elaborate choices, though, those about what game, you're taking and when. Well, the, the point I was getting to was not the choices so much, but... There's a surprising level of excitement that comes to these games because something could always happen that people are like, oh, no. Like, yeah. when, you, when you get that Yahtzee Uh-oh. or you knock somebody yeah. off the sorry board. Like How that song used to go. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, it's fun getting into trouble. Yeah. yeah. It's fun getting into trouble. That was the theme song for the folks who... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I think trouble existed without the little dome in the middle before. There's two versions of trouble is what I'm getting at. So you There's... just roll dice without the pop around? Yeah, the pop thing was added later. Pop-O-Matic trouble is the, the thing we had yeah. as a kid, like the little bubble in the yeah. That wasn't the original. You used to have to just roll dice, right? Hmm. Like, which is, I mean... Simpler times. I'm surprised more games didn't steal the Pop-O-Matic it idea. Takes, yeah, it's a it pretty takes, good idea. Yeah, it takes all of the stuff out of people, like, sticking the dice. And losing like. the dice, too, right? Like, ooh. Like, uh, I was ooh, thinking, I didn't why even did, think about that. I'm thinking didn't... from a cheating perspective. Of You're course thinking you of a practicality. <laughs> I keep losing these dice. <laughs> yeah, I keep losing all these dice. Because, uh, well, like, I don't understand, like, why didn't life just do that? Like, why did life already has all that stuff built onto the board. It wouldn't take you much to just put two dice in a bubble. Like, you there you go. it's a patent issue? The, tr- the people at Trouble... Patented or whoever Mattel, whoever like made the game. Uh, it is a Milton Bradley Milton game. In Bradley. case you're curious, there you go. So maybe they had the exclusive rights to the Papamatic system, it's protected uh-huh. for a hundred years. So this game was launched in the U.S. in 1965 and is based on an English game called Ludo, and it is hmm. derived from Parcheesi. So if you're curious where trouble comes hmm. from, it's part. It's, uh, uh, it also says the Hasbro game Sorry. Has a similar game mechanic, but uses cards instead of dice. So I guess we could see, sort of keep that trouble and sorry analogy connected yeah. here. They're kind of in the same wheelhouse, right? So they're in the same family, at least. Same family yeah. of game, right? Same. So you had so you had Popmatic Trouble as sort of in your wheelhouse. What yeah. else did you have in your list? And then you were very when I was younger as well would be Candyland. If I have to pick, like if I have to talk about <laughs> games that I played a lot versus other games, right? Is it my oh, favorite? Man. Has to be just by usage. I don't know. I'm, okay, so I'm going to give you a pop quiz here because okay. you said you love Candyland so much. I looked this up. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are nine characters uh-huh. that exist in Candyland world, the characters you run across. Can you name three of the nine without looking them up? No. That's going to be like... <laughs> None of them. They're all after candy. candy so they're all candy. Like, yeah. Lollipop. Um, Princess Lolly. I'll give you that one. All right, hold on. Um, There's a lemon one. There's not a lemon one. No, okay. Then I'm not going to be able to. All right, I'll I'll give you the list and see how many you remember. Plumpy. Okay. Mr. Mint. Okay. Jolly. Lord Licorice. (laughs) Princess Lolly. Princess Lolly. Queen Frostine. Queen Queen Frostine. Wow, I like it. Gloopy, who I remember was like, that was the guy at the end that you would get stuck in right before you got to King Candy's castle. King Candy, another one on this list. 
Uh, and of course, the name that hasn't aged well, Grandma Nut. Grandma Nut. <laughs> Grandma Nut with two T's at the end. Grandma Nut. Those are all like I liked Lord Licorice and Gloop as I was again. Again, Candyland is a game that this one even more than Trouble and Sorry requires. No, this is like no, shoots and yeah. ladders. This yeah. is in the sort of like I want to play this with everybody. Yep. It's not about strategy. It's about I don't even know the luck the of the draw. Last time I've even played that game, I bet you I wouldn't be you fun. Like we would not have fun playing it. Today. No, we, we wouldn't have any fun playing it today that we didn't ourselves have like just busting there's balls no or yeah. Fun. Yeah. There's, there's no new fun <laughs> coming out of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The best is yeah in the the past. Now, you said to me, Jenga, we talked a little bit about that last week. You like it probably because we have it at the park a lot. You love having the big Jenga. And Jenga is almost ubiquitous, like, at outdoor type things now. Like, big versions of Jenga. Or, like, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like, we have them at the park. Yeah. But... And I feel like every time you play that, it's like a zebra stripe thing, is that you, you're probably playing it differently just based on someone taking, like, a piece. Like, no game is probably ever the same. Is Jenga the most stressful board game? Like, when you get to the end of a game of Jenga, it's yeah. tense. Very tense. Yeah. It's like you're dodging all these, like, near falls. Yeah. And you're, then you're, you're just trying you're just to... barely moving, pulling that piece out. Yeah. Dang, and then all the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's the most... It's I, high I'm pressure. Try... It's big stakes. I'm trying to think of a game that has... That makes me as... Do you think the agitated. responsibility of knowing that you could be the one who has to make everybody pick it up to play again is like that you are so badly don't want to be the guy well, who breaks the pile? It's the it's only. Like, Sorry, guys, we all got to stack them back up. It's the <laughs> only game I can think of where you're happy when your turn is over. Every other board game, I'm looking you forward to my playing. Yeah, yeah, that's the excitement yeah. is not wanting to play. Yeah, like, <laughs> when when I'm done playing in Monopoly, all I'm thinking about is my next turn. I don't care yes. about the next one. Yes. When I get done with my thing in Jenga, I'm like, boom! I'm the farthest away I can from going again. You guys go. I don't want let's any more. Yeah, let's hope it falls. <laughs> it gets more stressful as you go. Yeah. The immediacy of Jenga is very interesting. Um, Jenga is another game, much like Uno, which we can talk about, which is not a board game. Yeah. That gets too cute for its own good. Do you know what I'm saying? Jenga's fine. Yes. I don't need... I have Tetris Jenga, for example. Fine. I don't need it. It's fine. Right? Like, cool... Tetris shapes you got Yeah, but you love Tetris. This right. goes back That's to what we were talking about. Piece. This is a yeah. collector's piece for you because you love yep. Tetris. If you tell me there's a new version of Jenga that you have to roll a dice and pull a specific color of Jenga block out of the thing because it correlates with it, I don't want that. I'm not interested in I that. I think you're on something, though. It's not That bad. probably already exists, <laughs> I think. Oh, I'm not, I don't know if I made that up. Oh. Uh, but I'm saying, like, that game exists on its own. It's very simple. Yeah. You talk about games that I used to put out for my yeah. kids at school, and whether it was high school, middle school, elementary school, kids loved it. Jenga. Very high on the yeah. list. In the Uno stature of, like... Universally yeah, I can't popular. Believe Uno is making such a comeback. Well, let's talk about card games for a second. We didn't talk about them last week. You're the king of card games. You love Skipbo, which is your number yes. one game, I would say, right? Yes. That's Yes. Uh, I'm a big Uno guy. I've come back around a little bit on it because again, working in a high school, a lot of my high school kids are I'm, on Uno. I like so we'll go cricket here for a minute. Okay. Cricket sure. is a very long game. Cricket. And they've the the sport cricket. Oh right. Be yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very, very long games. They yep. take days takes sometimes, yeah, takes weeks and whatever. They made a version ready made for TV and like a younger audience called T twenty. That's it's correct. cricket, but it's a hundred times faster and they finish games in like three hours. Yeah. Cricket meant to be consumable by regular people on yes. television. Uno has hit T twenty levels. Yep. Where the game is mm -hmm. meant to be consumed and played super yes. fast. And I think if you if you're not paying attention, you're gonna get to it's I've never played Uno where I had to pay that much attention before. 
I think a lot he, going on and a lot of things you can do, but you have to be like watching and looking at your hand, but then you can lose your hand, so then you got to repay attention. Like you're always constantly looking I, at stuff. I feel bad because I gave my kids at school a lot of crap about it. Like, you're not playing it the right way. This has no strategy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they kind of okay boomered me about it a little yeah. bit. And I was like, you guys are wrong. You yeah. don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you're old man cricket. That's what I, you I was I was Seymour Skinner in that Simpsons clip. Is it like, is it? am I the one who's wrong? No, all the children are wrong. <laughs> right? Old man yells at clowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but now I think because I've watched a couple people up, like the yeah. Up, Up, Down, and Down channel yeah. play it, and I've seen the kids play it, I kind of like the faster version of Uno. It's interesting. I think it would be a good family version game at like a Thanksgiving time or like a post-Christmas where a lot of people could play. And if you had a lot of people going and you got pure madness. You strike me as a card card game person too. Do you play like, you guys no. play pitch or like hearts yeah. or, or yeah, spit pitch, or anything like pitch that? Pitch would be the go-to. Um, that's really the basic of like card playing that I'll do. But I hate playing um, anything with just two people. Like war? Anything. Yeah. If it's cards, if it's a board game, because like certain board games make my list, but I wouldn't play them with two people. Yeah, Katie got mad at us for. She, got, she came back here one day. Scrabble. She wanted to play Scrabble with just you, yeah. and then she was sort of arguing it's not fun. You were saying it's not fun to play Scrabble with two people. Yeah, I know what letters you have or don't have she, after like three turns, and we're just sitting there grabbing well, things out of a pocket. No one's argument, adding to the board. You know, it gets real stale. Her argument that I bought at the time was you could play Scrabble on your phone against people. That was what Words with Friends was. I was like, that's kind of different, though. Yes. A cell phone game, a cell phone game is meant to just be like you pick it up, you pat. You're, it's a long term game. You're playing it over the course of right. like a day and a half, right? right. I like Scrabble. Yeah, with that's more, true. You're not sitting there. You're not finishing. sitting there. Yeah. 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 If you're playing Scrabble with three or four people, it really screws the whole strategy up. If you're only playing against one person, you can have a strategy. You're like, okay, they can yeah. only make so many words. See, and I like the variance. The variance, especially of if people, you're spelling yeah. words mm -hmm. out, mm -hmm. you're gonna know what letters and things that you don't have or could have because there's gonna be spots where you're like, oh, they could do this, but they must not have an S or I whatever. Like, you start like thinking about the pieces you don't have versus what I do have, and it's just like, man, this could take a while. Four is the number you want, right? Yeah, pretty much. Games are four for everything. Even video four, games to right. an extent, like doing the Mario Party stuff. Like It's always better with four. I think four is the ultimate number, right? If you get to six, now you're talking about you really got to take this game seriously with six people. Yeah. Everyone does, right? Because yeah. uh, if you're playing a six-person game Monopoly, think about that for a second. Six-person game Monopoly... That game could take hours, Days. extended yeah. hours, right? Yeah. Um, People start selling and buying out. Well, God, just it, would, to get it, would out. Be, it would get ugly. Yeah. I, think, I don't think you, I don't even know if I would want to. I don't think I would want to play Monopoly with more than four people. I think four is the most I could deal. I don't with really in like playing Monopoly in general anymore. I can't cut. No one wants to do business with me because they all assume that I'm working some sort of you, angle and I get a bad rap. So what's you good are for so, business? People are more no, consumed no, 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 if I'm no. finagling. This them. is this is all. They're more saying. consumed with me finagling. Is, Why do you need this? What are you I, working on? Can I say fake news? This is all fake news. No. You are no. You are almost professional wrestling level heel of cheating. Your cheating is so open and blatant because it's part of your character that people don't trust you. Like, you're like, I'm going to sit next to the bank and people get mad. Like, before you even do anything, the idea of you being too close to where yeah. the money is gets people concerned. It's, it's unreal. Will, I've never seen anything like it. I will just collect extra money... And even if I'm not the banker, I will just take stuff out of the thing. The that ultimate. No one, and if someone's to catch it, you'll just be like, oh, I was putting it in there. And then you just wait until the end and see if anyone notices. And uh, that's on you. 
if you didn't. No, I know. I, see, so I used to enjoy the process. But now I've milked that where I can't get away with anything, so it's no fun to play. Anymore. I used to enjoy the process of monitoring you during a game. That was that was always that would fall on me. Like you watch Justin, I'm like why? Why do I have to do it? Because it's me. I it's guess. Bobby Heaton thing. I'm good at um, cheating. I've been married six times. You know, you know we didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot about cheating. I've had six successful relationships. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about card games for a second. We didn't talk about this at all last week. Where are you at? You like Uno. You like Skippo. Where are you on like the apples to apples cards against humanity uh, sort of takeoff games? If I feel like we were talking about now. variations. That is a game that I think you can do variations mm, on. Is the like niche cards? Yeah, yeah, cards against humanity works with crowd appeal. So like you can be really raunchy, or you can do a kids and adult version. You can do a more Whatever, right? You can really yeah. women specific. If you're at a bachelorette party, like there's all sorts of catering you can do for like the game you're gonna play with the audience that you have. Yeah, and then the general broad concept of the game can be used for anything, really, any topic. Mm-hmm. If you were to think about it, like you could probably make it work with almost anything. I think Cards Against Humanity slash Apples to Apples, which again, much like Trouble and Sorry, I'm gonna include in the same sort of category here. Yeah, those are the two best. Like new games, I think. Like yes. They, Modernized. So many, it's the can so jam of games, card games. Yeah, so many games have stole that idea now. Like there's yeah. a, again, like we said, there's a kids version. There's yep. a a sports version. There's a blah 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 version. There's yep. this and that version. Yep. But when it comes back to it, like Cards Against Humanity still bangs at any party you play it at, any people you get there for it. Yep. And even Apples to Apples, which is I guess sort of the, what the mainstream version like the, the family version yeah that would cards. be that's the, the original PG, one yeah the PG it is version. the first one like, yeah I think cards against humanity kind of stepped on apples to apples did block. they apples to apples was the first, first one. one that was the one and i cards against humanity like crowdsourced right like an adult version yeah, of it apple, yeah but idea? apples to apples wasn't like it wasn't raunchy offensive it wasn't and raunchy like cards against spicy hum- enough it almost wasn't spicy enough even at first right like it it's a great idea for a game it didn't go the extra step that Cards Against Humanity yep. was. My problem with Cards Against Humanity, this is not a problem, you sometimes get, like, free points in that game. Like, you'll get a card where the thing on it is so outrageous, you're yep. like, it doesn't matter what I put this down for, this is a yep. free point. Yeah. Right? Like, I feel like that happens sometimes Yeah. in those games. Well, those are the ones you got to take, because then sometimes you think you got gold, and you're like, man, how does this person not think It's that? a real good analogy for finding out you're not funny. Or the person that you were hanging out with was like, man, I do not have anything in common with this person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably I'm not laughing at this. <laughs> my, my nephew, I swear to God, like he, my nephew got mad playing a game like this once because we played like a kid's version. Yeah. And he just, he was like, how come no one's liking my jokes? Like, he was really upset that no one was getting his, uh, his bits here. Um, tough crowd. Tough, tough crowd. Tough crowd. Um, so uh, I'll do two things here. Uh, if you have any other board game takes, I will let you do them right now. Checkers. Checkers. Okay, we talked a bit about checkers and chess last week. Checkers you like checkers the, or chess Checkers better? is the ultimate for me. Um, really? Yeah. Over if, chess. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it was the, one of those things, again, that I went to a youth center when I was younger, like an after school, played basketball, do all that. Like Deep checkers was a game that you could play with everybody and we did. That was an Uno thing too in Skippo. You would just play those games all the time. I think checkers has an accessibility yeah. to it. It's quick. 
You mean a game of chess? You really got to sit there and do your like. You sit there and just hold the piece and then rub your chin. Yeah, mm. t- chess takes too long and has again varying levels. Chess if you're like, at a level sixteen to a level three, you're gonna whoop them every time. Yes. Checkers, anything can. You know, you're just kind of moving pieces around and jumping and yeah. you can kind of balance out I'm who you're playing. Very against. bad at checkers, actually. I'm pretty good. At I'm pretty bad at checkers. Um, I'm good at Othello, bad at checkers. So yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I feel like checkers is like dying out. Um, have you ever thought of like? Um, used to be an early computer game too. Remember. Checkers? Checkers. You used yeah. to be able to play those on, like, Windows 95 and stuff. So, it's, I'm glad you brought that up, because I actually did write that down. You talked about Candyland earlier. I yep. mentioned last week on the pod, so people will hear this again, that I played Candyland on the Apple too. Yeah. So, it was kind of ruined for me yeah, as a board game. Games because, to... And not even because the computer version was good. It yeah. was not. But um, I would have never played Solitaire in real life. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, because I, I hate Solitaire only, in yeah, real life. Who, but who's going to set up all those cards like that? <laughs> you know what? Yes, and it takes forever. That's an amazing take because my biggest issue with Solitaire as a human being is that I am anal retentive. Yeah. So the piles aren't like lined up the numbers. I'm like, ah, it's a mess. I keep, it's like it way too OCD for me. Yep. Uh, I'm way too OCD for to Solitaire. <laughs> yeah, on a table like so, that. Skippo, you'd have a hard time with Skippo because the decks start getting a little... Well, we, you and I struggle. I think I struggle with Skippo because I just think it's Uno in my head when I'm playing it, and mm-hmm. I kind of go into, like, I'm like, it's not the same game. I have to remember that it's not. Yeah, you're going 1 through 12 and clearing piles. Yeah. Uno's the other one. I love Uno, but I could do with less versions of Uno. I don't yeah. need, like, the 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 Rabbids Nintendo version of Uno or the Twilight Uno. Like, it's fine. Just give yeah, me... Just, just give straight me, up Uno. Uno's fine. Uno's classic. No complications. I think Uno has great branding, too. Like, their branding is... They haven't changed their branding in... Yeah, thirty years. <laughs> like it's, it's very strong. It, it's getting like a new push thing too. Is like it makes you wonder what other card games might hit that next, where like people just adapt to what's already existing, right? Like, the closest thing I can think of to Uno is a, is an analogy for something that came back around and is basically the same as it always was: is champion brand clothing. Yeah, like people just decided that it was cool again, even though it's yeah. exactly the same as it's always. These kids been. wearing champion sweatshirts and playing Uno. It's Uno. It's nineteen ninety six. All right, yeah. I'm going to refill our coffees. Okay, while I do this. Uh, this weekend, we have yoga. Yes. Yeah, can you talk quickly about yoga at Handshake? Yeah, so... Do you need me to wait here while you no, pull no, it up no, on the... No, 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 <laughs> no. I know, I know some things about it. Um, we're essentially gonna fundraise, um, for the park by having In Bloom come in and use the space. So it's not, a Made in Utica or a Handshake City event full-on like you would expect last summer, per se, but it's, uh... Uh, in bloom coming to use the outdoor space for the social distancing and things like that um they're not able to go inside i want to say right so they came to us with with something to be able to fund raise some money for the park we would have been doing barks and brews this weekend um you know so we're lo- yeah i know well, well <laughs> I, I know i was saying we'll we'll with whatever ha- barks and brews will go on Whenever yeah. we're allowed, it'll be the first thing yeah. on the docket type yeah. of deal. We That's will cool. have like a, a some whenever it is, it'll it'll be back. Um, but yeah, we're looking at ways to use the space with other organizations who might be kind of temporary displaced because yeah. of the phasing. Um, so if you can't use your venue or you have to have a certain limited amount of people that could come mm-hmm. and you exceed that on a regular basis and you require you know a yoga class needs probably multiple mm-hmm. people to be worth it, right? You know, doing them two five people in a room is probably yeah. not worth it. Maybe doing it outside is a little you can get more. Have you noticed, uh, and I, I, I didn't prep this question with you before you came on, so I don't know if you have answers to this or not. Um, have you noticed, like, an uptick of people reaching out now because of mm-hmm. they, like, because of everything that's going on? People yeah. Are more in- I feel like the idea of Handshake is far more popular to uh, 
people with existing retail space, mm-hmm. which yeah. the idea over the first two years was to use your existing retail space and maybe handshake as a pop-up secondary location. Yeah. It should be part of your home during the summer, during these days. It, you should just make it part of your, it should be a second mm-hmm. business for you for some of these things. Um, I think people are starting to realize that it could be like a secondary location for them now for yeah. different reasons. Um, but it's all the same at the end of the day. If they're realizing, hey, can we rent this space out or can I host this event here or have this element of my business run out of here to, to get this or do, do that, then yeah, because then we don't have to come up, you know, if we're losing a little bit of things, yeah. we don't have to worry about trying to regenerate all that, that stuff. We can still get use out of the space with people who are ahead of us in the phasing process at least. And if people want to get a hold of you, obviously still hello at madeinutica.com. Yep. Uh, Gmail, is it? Uh, hello, hello at madeinutica.com. Yeah. Um, and then you guys still Facebook doing your thing on there. Yeah, not me, but it's there. Yeah, you're off social media in general. You're, yep. you're burned out. Let's talk about something else though because there's a reason I brought you on here. Not just board games, not just uh, Handshake City. Uh, five years ago today uh, was episode... Really? This actual day? I don't know if it's this actual or day. Or when the episode... This, some, yeah, well... This is episode 259. Yeah. Next week is episode 260. It'll be our five-year anniversary. Yeah. We didn't take a break between episode zero and episode one. When we did this That's show the right, first the time... That's right. The lost... The lost episode. Uh, we did episode zero with you on as the guest, and it was just me and Kevin. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember this. Shout out to original, uh, original co-host Aaron Higgins... Who called me up like furious. within hours, furious yes. that she was not involved in the show. Yes. Par- she she quit the show that she hadn't even been on yet before she. Had That's been right, on. Trouble in Paradise before Immedi- episode one. <laughs> Immediately quit the show, uh, and I had to try to explain to her. I was like, "No, I'm just trying to figure out how this works. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not a real thing. Yeah, but, what um, it sounds like and how the topics you, would go or whatever." I, I tell this story to people all the time just because they ask, like, "How did this all start?" But do you remember when we first sat down and had any discussions about doing this show? Like it. I remember you were very... I mean, that first episode was probably the first uh, format-wise of you doing it where just like, oh yeah, this makes sense, right? Like, this is... You could do this every week type of thing, right? Like, but before you had moved back, Kevin had said something about the podcast, and we were trying to do more coverage outside of like having to write blog articles, obviously, and hence, you know, all that type of stuff. So it made sense that... Like, the podcast stuff, always, I worked, I did media stuff anyway, so the whole concept of, you know, going from that radio idea into a podcasting mm-hmm. thing or whatever, or video to YouTube or whatever, that wasn't, that was something that I felt like a lot of people weren't doing here anyways, um, mm-hmm. even from us on a video standpoint or whatever, and then yeah. obviously you would, with podcast stuff anyways, there was definitely a hole for it, Um but yeah, it made sense, I thought. Well, I was curious, like, was there a point in time, like, had I not come and met you guys Would that night. Would we have done a podcast? Would eventually it have come around to something you would have done? Because, I mean, a lot of places do it now, and I'm not saying that people do it now because we did it. Right, five right. Years ago. I, that's not, I'm right. not the first it's person to do a podcast. More, no, I'm, yeah, but mean, no, so, it's more commonplace, for sure. Um, like, I wonder, like, um, could you have seen a Kate and Jill podcast as opposed to this, like, down we the road? We probably would have stuck with video content and then turning that video content into, into audio a, content like type of deal. Style, yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. yeah that type of thing probably um probably yeah because we were doing a little bit of streaming and sometimes the video that early technology of video streaming left us yeah. with like having to just really capture audio and posting that type of stuff so it wasn't really podcasting well, um but i give you guys a lot of credit because you know you particularly especially early on before kate really like ascended up to the top alongside you mm-hmm. and you guys became like the co-bosses but like when it was especially early on never 
<laughs> yeah, but especially early on when it was just, you know, just you, really. You know, you were, the, you were my only connection to what is made in Utica. Mm. Like, Mark was my buddy and all that. But yeah. you were pretty accommodating to whatever I wanted. Like, you were pretty open to just be like, yeah, what do you want to do? Yeah. I was sort of expecting to get pitched yeah. something. And well, you... no, even just like, a, I think, I mean, probably for the first 30, 40 episodes, it was just almost, and we still do it to this day, just come down and watch wrestling after. But a lot of that yeah. was coming over on Monday, making sure, do you need a guest? Do I got to call somebody? Yeah. Um, what time can you get here? Can you go here? Do you need me to bring this technology with me? Like, we'll you, do whatever to get it done. And it was just more or less, it became yeah. a weekly routine where it's just like, well, I, what needs to be done? It's just something to keep you busy type of thing, right? And especially in the early days. In the early days of Made in Utica as a, when we were doing a lot more, mm-hmm. uh, less video content, less like promotion stuff, less Handshake City stuff, but it was just the, the site. Yep. My thought for the site was always that like, okay, the key for me doing this show is that I'll be able to post this show mm-hmm. on the site, at, regardless of what Kate and Justin are doing or yep. what Mark and Jill are doing or whatever, and it'll just be up there. And people can just keep doing that and be accountable for whatever they're supposed to do yeah. that week, and it'll be on their own time, and they can do whatever they do. It, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it made sense in my mind that that was how this would all work, right? And over time, I've always laughed. I was like, "There's, if there's one thing I'm making you to get his website every week, it's one episode of this podcast. No, yes. matter, no matter what yeah. comes out this week. Because I auto, yeah, I populate it yeah. through to, yeah, that's the guaranteed, and that's been a big thing, too, is that there's always content. So, like, by doing it weekly, there's something every single week, like, it's that nothing to do in you type of mentality, is that, like, at least this one podcast is something you can do every week, is sit down and get something new yeah. every single week, right? Like, it's a new guest, um, a new topic, new whatever. It's not the same old stuff every single week, either. It's not reruns. It's not re, re-airs of old episodes. There's not, yeah, you I mean, know, eating up time with I stuff am... that doesn't need to be put into an episode type and of deal, because you have the time to fill. Certainly, <laughs> over these last... Let's call it twelve weeks yeah. since Carrie was on an episode. Um, who's the last person we've actually had on the show? Is Carrie yeah, Boston? March, March, sometime, yeah, yeah. sometime in March. You know, yeah. I, I'm essentially not relieving myself of responsibility, but like these shows are the best we can do with what we have yeah. available to yeah. us. Yeah, well, I, you're dealing with like comfort level of people. This show, for the peel back the curtain, relies heavily on people coming to your house, <laughs> sitting in your dining yeah, room, I mean, and having a conversation with you a few feet away. And Look, some people just aren't there yet in a comfort level. And also, from a government, whatever, I'm right? Not, Those things just aren't the norm right now, where people can come do the show the way that you've done 230-some-odd episodes before this. I'm not here the to, same way. I'm not here to toot my own horn, right? I'm not, I, I, I always think that I could be doing this show better. I could be doing a better job. But one thing, but when you hear things over and over again from people, mm-hmm. it's you sort of start to wonder, okay, well, a lot of people say it to me, and I don't yeah. know if everyone's just being nice, but most people who come in here always say... This was really fun. I had a really nice time doing this. Yep. I had a really nice time talking. This wasn't so bad. Yeah. Like, those are common things I hear all the time. People who are nervous or unsure yeah. about it. It's personal, but yeah. impersonal. And at I the tend same to time. think that one of the reasons this the interview section of this show works is I really go out of my way personally when people to, come yeah. here to make them feel like we can just chat it up. And that works because I'm here in the room right. with that person. I can... Yeah, you can't do that yeah. on FaceTime. You might cut the yeah. person off or be like, no, no, what were you saying? I was, yeah. but what? Uh, even you know, when you, you do just that, that interaction to delay. Even when you do that here in, in the room, it still sounds better. Yeah. If you and I talk over each other, we're still in the same yeah. room. If I was cutting that, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't cut our pacings out. But on a video, I yeah. could like close off, yeah. right? Like you can you can cut yeah. those spaces out because they just exist. Yeah. The, the parts of this show that are me and Kev or me and Kevin you or me and Kevin Heather or me and Kevin Aaron yeah. or me and Kevin Mara or whoever it was yeah. at any given time over the years, yeah. 
right? Like, uh, those parts are, I always think to myself, in my opinion, those are extra. The yeah. show is generally the up inter- until the interview, yeah. up until these last few weeks, right? Yeah. When it's become whatever I can yeah. <laughs> come up with. Right? Yeah. But, well, even the idea of people have been on multiple times now, but for a long time, it was rare to be a two-timers or a three, right? Like, you just literally, not for lack of anything besides people just, those are, after a hundred, there's only so many people who are doing it, active things yeah. at a time that'll, there, it's, but it's about a hundred that you can pull from, I, right? You I know, maybe be, more. I'll have to do some research before we get into next week for the actual proper yeah. five-year This is the but... things that uh, don't matter slash people don't notice part of the podcast <laughs> is the extra effort to not double book somebody like anyone oh, would have cared I, for a long time. I you know, tell like, you. you guy can't for what? Okay, I'll just do it. I needed, I was desperate. I you needed know, to do a double. Yeah, yeah. Nobody notices besides you. You know, <laughs> I have, I have people who I would refer to as, um, I wouldn't call them like emergency exits, bailouts, bailouts. I don't, yeah. I don't like the negativity of either of those terms. <laughs> uh, but there's like, I mean, I don't feel bad saying a that, go to. You know what I'm saying? I could talk to Phil Farda yep. about anything for 40 minutes at any time. Yep, it wouldn't matter. And he always has something. And he's going always on. got something to say. Yeah, uh, I think that's one of the reasons that you and I have gotten along so much over the years. Which is funny because I remember when Kevin first uh, was like inter- was going to introduce me to you. We were like, coming to. Barrick Street to meet you Probably around. Or something. Were we DJing? No, at the time you were playing Pool of the Steefotter. So oh. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember that. This was years ago. It's gotta be six years ago. Steefotter playing pool, huh? Probably not Sharkin. No, <laughs> no, no. It's a weird night. Uh, but I remember Kevin sort of saying to me uh, the same thing I always say about you to my about my friend Adam Goldstein and you. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not sure if you two met if you guys would love each other or hate each other, but it would be one or the other. There'd be no in the middle. You mm-hmm. guys would you guys are either gonna fall in love, yeah, or you're gonna hate each other's guts. It's the love the hate it, hate to love it thing. It's just you can <laughs> they can exist at the same time. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> Kevin both. Kevin was concerned that we were either gonna like clash heads immediately and not get along, or that. He would never see either of us again. That we would just get on, yeah. Yeah, we would just be like Thelma and Louise. And uh, yeah, we, it's probably closer. <laughs> I think this is probably closer. I'm driving, yeah, yeah, I'm a terrible driver. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of it too is the uh, especially with the podcast thing is like if you do, if you're gonna do something, or if I need you to help me with you just do it, you know you what I mean? Like, that was a big variance in a lot of stuff. Is that it's easy just to go to you and be like, Hey, you want to do this? Sure, were you want to do a weird video where you act yeah. weird in the brewery? Sure, I'll tell you right? what, I went back and looked at a lot. You of always them. say yes, though, you know. So, I went back and looked at a lot of the made new videos on, on YouTube a couple days ago, just yeah. because I don't know why I was thinking about it. Uh, we really did a lot of weird stuff, like a lot of dumb stuff that I agreed to do. Yeah, uh, yeah over the years. Good, good stuff. Um, That's good stuff in there. No, it's great stuff. No, I love it all. I, I mean, I love it. It's all great stuff. But it's a cinematic universe to some extent. There's like levels that <laughs> transcend other videos. It's just uh, but were you, funny. Were you at any? Well, you can tell me now because I don't give a shit now. But was there any point in time back then that you were gun shy about adding people to Made in Utica? Maybe not no. even just me, but at any point in time where you were... No, almost more desperate to have some, anything that would contribute content. Because, like, for here and there, like, over time, like, we've had Aaron and Mark did, like, a blog for a little a little series yep. of Turning 30, right? And they still date us now, but that's how many years ago that was. Um, <laughs> not 30 yeah, anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, we did, like, Hungry Uticans with Rick and Becky. Yep. Um... Alyssa did the the wine stuff. 
um, for a while. Kate Miller has mm-hmm. done yep. um, things about where to take your kids yeah, yeah. Um, around town. You know, so we've Kevin's always... famous ticket article that yeah, everyone loves to... Yeah, loves to... well, that's a, like a one-off. If we yeah. had a series, that'd be great. But so <laughs> with Kate, she would have, I don't know, 10, 12 articles where yeah. she's taking her kids during the summer, from the zoo to the library to the canal to whatever, yeah. and she would write a little blog. So Episode over the three. years... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's yeah. where a lot of those early... Yeah. But a lot of... The, over the years, we always had little features and segments. Yeah. So this has lasted longer than our... Um, our other pilots, if you will, that have kind of not burned out, but kind of ran their course, right? Like, there's only so well, many restaurants things, you can review for, like, yeah. food as a couple on date night, I mean, right? This, you know, and this show has gone through multiple. I don't think about it this way because yeah. it's for me. This has become sort of a streamlined process that every like this is the best version of this show now because everything is streamlined down to where I need it to be. Yeah, I you get it done on a weekly basis. And again, yeah. when I say this version of the show, I don't specifically mean this yeah. twelve week version. <laughs> yeah, of the show. Yeah, I yeah, understand yeah, what yeah. this is, right? But yeah, uh, but like right before we got into this this break, like there was a period. I, I go through periods where I look back at the different episodes yep. we've done, and I know, and, and mind you, when I say this. All of our guests are always great. Everyone yeah. who ever comes on the show always has something amazing they're working on or something cool that they're With doing. With that being said. But I can tell sometimes when I have... And I don't even mean the interviews. I mean, like, I can go back and listen to old shows. And I'm like, this was a bad week for content. Like, yeah. I didn't come up with any good content for me and Kevin and Aaron or me and Kevin and yeah. Heather or whatever, right? Right. Like, and especially now in, in this world, I don't know how much fun I'm allowed to have because it feels like the show now has devolved into I have to talk about serious stuff up front and then we do the interview and then the last segment is like good times right and that's fine uh well you can do the Krasinski there or whatever just sell my show for tons of money well, yeah that'd be awesome <laughs> CBS, <laughs> yeah, 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 come on CVS, throw me some cash come on a little like the fans 10 percent of whatever you gave him i don't know if like the ken smiths of the world would, i don't know if the ken smiths of the world would be mad at me for selling my show to cbs and viacom i'm not sure ken i love you anyway you're gonna sell the show you're still a good man well what it. if you did the simmons you just they gave you a bunch of money on spotify you had to keep doing it i mean that was always the goal wasn't it like i, I jokingly say like I, yeah, to have look, more of a network have, version of, of more pop, yeah, yeah. I have opinions about Bill Simmons, too. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that Simmons does his best work these days. I think he's very successful now. Yeah, so it, kind of, it It's worked. the reality of the it's situation, It's the end right? goal, like, yeah. It was like climbing the ladder. Yeah, he got he's, to the top and grabbed the briefcase. And the done, fact that you know? he's not as good right now as he was five years ago validates the fact that he's now the boss of a giant company. He doesn't need to be right. that guy anymore. Yeah. Right? He's the man. He right? put all that like, work and, in to get it to where... And I love all the guys on his staff, so if you're going to tell me that his goal now is to just get good people to write stuff and do yeah. podcasts... Well, he's doing... Job, he's he's just basically doing stuff to get other people over. But that was what I... That was always He's the like hope. the guest celebrity. Now, if you got like yeah. Simmons on the rewatchables, you're more likely to listen, right? So like, if he I'll throws three to... people in there that you don't know, they're now somebody's because they're in there with Simmons I mean, for... A thing. You just are familiar with her name now. The trifecta. Know? I think this show, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about this again next week because I haven't talked about it with Kevin. But no, this is the real anniversary. <laughs> Episode zero. It's been lost. Land I, of the lost. I, I go, have to go back, back to, in time in some sort of vortex and find it. I go back to like three podcasts, right? Specifically that I think were important. Right. First off was the Bill Simmons ESPN podcast, and yep. then I guess that became the Grantland one that he did, and now is the Bill Simmons show on the Ringer, right. but. The lineage of that show, like a like a World Wrestling Federation title, goes back to the ESPN podcast that he did, which was the first podcast that I remember being like, "Oh, what is 
this. Yeah. This is interesting. And ESPN even advertising it as such, probably. Not as much as they should have been, but yeah. yeah. Like they, that was, he was doing, the first ones. He was doing page two. So at that time, his podcast was a supplement for the writing he did. Yep. If I was doing this show as a supplement to writing you... It, 30,000-word articles about the New York Knicks every week. I mean, the week. Ringer's still kind of like that, is it not? He doesn't write that, though. He's not writing Right, right. He's not writing But really, anymore. they're doing pods to push, like, contents. Oh, yeah. On the site. If, you're, if you're, like, Brian Curtis, who's the guy over there who does, like, politics and media stuff, and right. you're doing two podcasts a week, plus you're putting out, what, two articles by yeah. pumping out a week? And, yeah. You know? Or doing the podcast about the articles you wrote. Or, yeah, or bringing up the articles you wrote in the podcast yeah. to debate yeah. them with other people. Yeah. See, that was always my dream in New York, was I wanted to get either the Famo and the Wookiee podcast, or I guess that was the show at the time. Yeah. I wanted Deadspin to buy us. which is, <laughs> and, then, and now, again, that sounds really stupid in 2020, but in 2010, when I was living in Brooklyn, and, yeah, were, and Pardon My Take was not a show yet, yeah. and like Barstool was not a thing that existed, and right. me and my buddies were doing a comical sports show where we were taking the piss out of the NFL. Yeah. I was like, this is something we could sell. And I remember Dano, shout out to Dano, I love him to death, sending me an article once about Deadspin looking for podcasters and I like sent in stuff that I never heard in the back, obviously. Yeah. But like, I that was the dream. Like I wanted yeah. Deadspin or some SB Nation to see that we had this dumb podcast in Brooklyn and I wanted to sell it to them. Not sell it, but... Yeah, be able to generate something off Um, of it. And then by the time I got here, my plan was essentially to turn this into the Uticast Podcasting Network. UPN, bad. Well, you can't, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, terrible that somewhere I took that one. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but, yeah, you you know, essentially for the Uticast to be the Bill Simmons show of the network and then just distribute whatever, right? Like, in a perfect world, I would have had enough money to be like, hey, Malik from Against the Algorithm, like, here's... 200 bucks yeah, a week, like, whatever, yeah. we'll put the show out for you, just give it to me, yeah. and I'll promote it and do whatever, right? right that would have right. been a great thing. I just, I never, I yeah. was doing grad school during the same time, so There's, I never really uh, could. It has to be, this has worked because it's localized, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. You would have to find good content that people are making that you would know that goes beyond the area. So you don't need any other localized versions of, you know what I mean? Even if it's, it needs to be gaming right or well, that's, sports well, that's like why that I say, type of stuff well, that's i don't why I say, know if there's the talent out there well, to be able to carry a whole network like that well even malik the reason i bring up malik is yeah. malik's podcast is specifically about like interviewing musicians he talks right. about music so if i wanted to do a specific like, i would love to have it be like hey there's a music story this week right let me like go on and have malik come on here and talk to me about that again right. i'm not trying to tell malik what to do yeah like, no, i love I your podcast saying, keep yeah. doing your thing you're doing you're, great. no i see what you're saying though, uh, but it? in a different world where it feels like even now there are a bunch of like abstract solo podcasts yeah. and, and performance shows that exist around here, right? Like I love Devin and the and the folks doing the stuff in yep. Uptown, but they're putting out content and their own that has nothing to do with us, that has nothing to do with anything else. Yep. So like I wish that there was a way that I had the facility. I, I guess the money is the answer. I wish yeah. I had the. It's a market yeah. thing too. I mean, that's really the the localized thing is that uh, even from a media, you could, people don't always get it. Um, very rarely do media companies who mm-hmm. look to expand and do that stuff actually find like yeah. the backing and the funding or whatever. Like Vice is like a great wild outlier in some of these yeah. other ones, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them, they take a look at companies and realize that they're like risks and stuff, you know what I mean? Like even oh. the idea, HQ trivia I was reading up on, or whatever, tri- 
Well, there's a great podcast about HQ Here. Right, and I was reading up on the Ringers article about that. I mean, even at the end, that place was getting two million dollars or two million viewers on certain games, and they were still struggling to be able to convince people to give them a hundred million in funding. They're like, we don't get it, right? Like a lot of these people just don't get it. You're going to do a show on the computer and put it out there. Anyone can do that. It's like, no, you were not into the HQ thing, were you? No. Do you remember we had a party at your house one time? It was New Year's Eve a couple years ago, and it was in the height of HQ trivia. And we had like two separate factions of the party where people were like in rooms yeah, play, playing. I was like, "What's happening here?" Was it like a million dollar game or something crazy yeah. like that? Well, or that they said in the podcast that one of the issues of that show, like the the rise and fall of that show, yeah. was the fact that they would put the number of people who were watching on the top of the screen. Yeah. So whether the show was successful or not, you knew when you were watching it. It's like, oh man, there's two million people here. That's crazy. But then, like, within six months, when it's below a million, it's like 800,000. Yeah. Like, huh, where'd all the people go? Why right. aren't people into this anymore? Right. And people just start filtering out and out and out and out. Yeah. And out. Now they're, they went from being, like, the sixth best app to, like, 256th. Man, apps. Man, app design and, like, coming up with apps and stuff. That's the that's the new, like, internet money, right? Like, when we were kids, it was like, oh, yeah. you need to... Like, we missed out on the computer boom, but we, we also missed out on the app boom, right? We should have come the up with apps, some sort of... Yeah, apps would have been the hot ticket. I'm trying to, like, if you invented, like, Angry Birds, how much money would you have right now? So much money, right? Like, an insane amount of money. I think he, didn't that guy just, like, quit? Who knows? No, that's Flappy Birds or Flappy Birds. Flappy Birds something different. That guy just But, like, think out. about, like, who's the Minecraft guy? Like, how come that guy's guy got so much money, right? Like, yeah. to come up with something, I just can't. But how long does it take, and if you fail, you're just, a, uh, you know, weird well, every burnt out right. making a game that never got developed. For every Minecraft, which becomes the biggest, highest selling video game of all time. Yeah. There's a million Fallout 76s where they're like, here's this game that we spent a ton of time on and we think it's going to be a great idea and it's a total bust right. and now no one plays it and it's a big waste of money and everyone yeah. lost their jobs, right? Yeah, like it's, yeah, yeah. I swear to God, like when I was a kid, it's funny all the things I thought I wanted to do when I was a kid Video game turn out to be really shitty jobs. Yeah. Like computer animator is apparently a really crummy job, yeah, right? Like video game designer. Yeah. If you ever read anything about like the crunch that video game designers go through and what that job is actually like, oh my God. Yeah. All just so I can, like... You know, I'm glad we're talking about this uh, because I actually had this written down as the last thing that we're going to talk about was video games because I'm having um, a bit of an existential crisis yeah. about it. My uh, social media take is your video game take. Yeah. It's a, a point in life where you're evaluating your usage. Yeah, what am I doing here? Like, I, yeah. So, last couple nights... I'll give people the example I gave you. Um, last couple nights I've been watching the show The Leftovers. Finally, yes. after years of Kevin and Justin hassling me about it, I'm about seven in, episodes right. into the first season. Greatest decision he's ever made in his life, he said. Now, it's let's say it's 10 o'clock at night. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I sit down on the couch with a snack, beer, scotch, whatever. And uh, I put on an episode of Leftovers. And I turn it on, it's an hour long. It goes yep. from 10 to 11. Yep. I go, wow, it's pretty good. It's HBO, it'd be a true hour almost. True right? hour, yeah, yeah. True 57 minutes or whatever, right? Yeah, right down and to the then, minute. Uh, and then I have to think to myself, okay, do I want to stay awake till midnight? Can I stay awake till midnight? Right. Watch yeah. another one. Worth, I'll watch another one, yeah. right? Even if I do it's watch Arbitrary it, time limits. Arbitrary time limits, yeah. right? Even if I get... As long as I can stay awake and I, I'm still interested in watching it, I'll watch it. Right. Even if I go past that, even let's say it's midnight now. I'm like, man, those two were good. I'm going to do one more. Yeah. I'm pretty hyped up, right? Yeah. Now it's one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to bed. I don't go to bed going, fuck, man, I, stayed I wasted up those yeah. If I play... Now I've gotten to the point where I play about an hour of video games, and I'm just like, mm, I don't know, man. 
I feel real crummy about myself. Like, I feel <laughs> I, I I don't know why. I have Quarantine less to, is why. It's I have because less to you've do. Fallen into a thing where it's something that you can just do. What else from occupying time standpoint? There's only so many things you can do. You know what it is. Like I mean? even going to come and just mow the lawn, right? Like I did it today. You did it the other day. That's now an impulse thing where it's just I, like I'm going to do it because I can and I just want to, right? Like I, I took I, a, I no nothing stopping me. I took a sponge yesterday and went out and wiped off my front porch. I haven't done that in. That's Years, what I'm saying. ever. There's for no a, reason. You're getting this itch to go do things. And at least playing games occupies some this of that is, time when you know you can't just run down to the park. Or, you know what I mean? Like this all is that type wildly of stuff. Be, beyond the pale, beyond the curtain. For, I don't know why I'm telling anyone this. My living room in my house where I play video games is very dark. I don't yeah. know why. So there's no, there's no windows yeah. on the right hand. Like, there's no windows outside of the front like yeah. there's a big fireplace and because of that shoddy lighting electrical shoddy lighting um lighting indoors those are the three re- things here there four, is some poor lighting terrible doors and the electrical just is there are certain times of the day, like let's say it's like, just for example like it's it's 12 30 right now yeah you're like all right i'm heading out of here i'm going back to the house i got some stuff to do right yeah if i sat in the living room and played video games for two hours right now it's beautiful out but yeah. it's dark as night in the living room i would feel like a vampire like, if someone turned the light on, I'd be like, ah, it's in the way. Look the way I'm getting made fun of. I'm so pasty and glowing. Like my, I got to stop. Like, those are the things that have given me heartburn over the last few weeks. You know, and we would stop you if you were to move all your stuff into the back room and we didn't see the PlayStation or you for days on end. It was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like open up. No. Busy. Yeah. <laughs> I Well, you know what's funny, though, too, is if you came over and we played a game of FIFA against mm-hmm. each other, I would feel less bad about it because at least I'm wasting your time too, and I don't feel quite as bad about wasting someone else's time plus yeah, mine. Well, then because then we're doing something for yeah, fun. It's kind of the uh, board game concept. It's like you're playing something, not yourself. What? I do that a you lot with like Madden stuff. You what find yourself just doing settings and like trades and just things that aren't the actual game. People you're get like, mad at me if they're like, "Oh, why are you playing this game on easy as opposed to hard?" I'm like, "Because if I'm going to play a game by myself in the living room and I'm going to get frustrated for an hour, yeah. I'm going to stop playing it. Yeah. I want to. I don't want to be challenged. Yeah, I want my <laughs> I basketball. I want to make three pointers. <laughs> yeah, I want digital Sam Famalara to score fifty points yeah. against the Lakers I in the finals. Like, I don't need him to juke everybody in sight. Yeah, but sometimes yeah. I need a ninety-yard yeah. touchdown to bail me out. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't need you to tell me how bad my... I know. Right? I get it. My life's already bad enough as it is. Right? Uh, so, again, so Justin, one more time before we head out. I appreciate you coming in for uh, yeah. card games, board games. Uh, I don't know what we'll do next week. we got to think about a couple different things about uh, five-year anniversary. I don't know what Yeah, we'll start do. roll calling. That's what I would do. Yeah, I'm going to do some calls this week. I, um, I'm now... My graduation stuff is all complete. I think I talked to you about this. So, now I can really... Like, I keep saying I can finally relax, but I still don't. Like, yeah. I, Paid ninety dollars for my uh, cap and gown, so they guess what they charge you nowadays. Because Angel, gown. you're gonna do, uh, you're gonna have to go up to her house and walk around in it. Yes, it's like a, do like a catwalk. It, it'll you do be strut, like uh, but without like any modern. No, it'll be like just, Christmas story. Like I'll be coming down the stairs and be like, "You want to wear that? No. All right, go ahead and take it off. Well, you wear it at graduation. <laughs> like, right, yeah. uh, just thanks so much. We appreciate you coming in, yeah, no uh, joining us. Uh, yeah, five years, man. Good times. Yeah, not Great bad. Not right. bad. We're out of coffee. Though. I didn't make more coffee. I know. I didn't sell coffee. I'll be back to the show in just a moment.
<laughs> I need coffee, man. You have to get it. You can't survive through this wrestling without it. It puts me to sleep. Oh, okay. You're going you're gonna to drink a bunch of coffee in the wrestling. <laughs> Professional see, wrestling. See, must have been a weird interview. It must was have been a weird, weird interview. I think no, I, I, uh, I had a great time talking to Justin, as always. Always. Uh, and we, we actually talked about the idea, and I, I think you had said this to me when we first when you first introduced him to me. You are like, you are going to either, you guys are either going to be really good friends, or you're going to hate each other. Mm. And we talked a bit about that, and he's like, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I projected there could be a period of bouncing off one another and button heads when meeting, but I think I knew that you two were meant for one another. Uh, Especially once all of a sudden, because I gotta tell you, like he didn't talk about before you moved back from New York. Justin Parkinson didn't talk about wrestling or soccer ever. Those <laughs> think about that. Think about a world, but he still talked just as much. What a time! <laughs> uh, well, it's interesting too because wrestling in particular is one that I always joke about. This when you are a person, like if, you, if I work at a restaurant, right? Sure. Work with a lot of people. Yeah. Talk about a lot of stuff. If someone finds out that you like wrestling, yeah. and they also like wrestling, it kind of becomes the only thing you ever talk about with that person. Because it's a small group. It's a real small group. Yeah, anything group. like that, where if you've got like uh, a small, real like niche hobby, because it's the same and, thing if you're like, if you, you know, you're like jujitsu, one of these UFC guys. Yeah. Like, oh, bro, you watch the UFC? Huh. Or like you go to some gym, that's all you talk about that person. Soccer is not exactly the same, because it's a bit more popular than wrestling from yeah, the world. A, but, a, a bit. <laughs> a bit. But it's still something that's not totally not niche for people to like, hey, you wake up at 7 in the morning and watch mm-hmm. weird Premier League America games too. America, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah same yeah. kind of thing. So, oh uh, yeah, great time talking to Justin. Um, yeah. I get it by proxy with soccer. I'll see some dude with like a, you know, some... Premier League jersey on, I'm like, oh, Premier League, that's your team? Like, my friends like soccer. <laughs> They're like, oh, who's your team? I'm like, I don't really watch it, but, like, I'm going to yeah. tell them I saw you out. <laughs> and I'm usually excited when someone has a jersey. I'll like, come back and be like, yo, I saw some guy wearing a West Ham jersey. Yo, West Ham. Uh, all right. I so, told you about that guy with the Wolves jersey. Yo, Wolves. That's the squad. If you guys are looking for a team to support, Wolves. Don't support Liverpool. It's mine. You can't have it. Uh, soccer's back, by the way. Did I tell you this? I know it's not, it's not on the schedule here, but next, not this weekend coming up, but next Wednesday, mm. the Premier League is back. All sports are, except baseball, pretty much everything's back now. Yeah. Uh, I'm still kind of weirded out about the sports with no crowd in front of it. I don't want them to rush a crowd back in, certainly. Mm. But I'm excited for it for basketball. <laughs> well, the basketball thing is I'm excited so for wild. it for basketball. Yeah, I don't need yeah, the yeah. crowd. I don't need the crowd. <laughs> Mike them up. I just need this Mike Liverpool these guys title. Up. I need it so badly. You need what? This Liverpool title. It's oh. only two For wins For a second, away. it sounded like you said this Super Bowl title, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, you the guys, Bills. This you is got it. a fever? Take your temperature. No, uh, no I, I just want Liverpool. Liverpool, for you folks who don't know, my Premier League team that I support, there are nine games left in the Premier League season that technically they're going to play over the next month and a half in this in weird, I don't know how they're doing it. It's a whole mess. But Liverpool needs to win two, and they're the champions. Mm-hmm. And then I can... Just be, I can feel good. It's been, they haven't won a title in 30 years. Mm. They're going to blow it. I'm sure they're going to lose oh, like eight games in a row. It's definitely going to happen. Come on. Uh, Lakers going to win the title? This is the Lakers year? <sighs> Bro, I, who knows what the hell's going to go on. <laughs> if I, I'm anybody who's trying to make like hard predictions for the rest of the year, I think is out of business. That's a great point. Who the hell knows what's going to go on? Well, I know it's going to go who on. Who knows what's going to go on? I know it's going to go on. History lessons are going to go on because that's the time we are here at the show. Uh, it's history lessons time. All right, so let's if do it. If you can't predict the future, you can always lean on history. Here comes that's history lessons. History lessons on this day. That's how it's done, folks. 1973, Secretariat wins the Triple Crown in mm. breathtaking style. Uh, I mean, we don't have to go through everything about it. 100,000 people came to Belmont Park, though, to see if he would be the first course in 25 years to win mm-hmm. the Triple Crown. <laughs> 
Would you? Would that be something you'd be? Would that be something you'd be interested in? Is that something you might? Is be that interested? something? Yeah. I, I'm saying if you told me like we're going to Belmont Park to go see this. I'd be kind of into it, I think. Uh, yeah. If he's stuck, if he's I'd be ready. Would I'd... you go even if it wasn't like something like this? Just any, let's go to Belmont, watch some horse races? I like to go to a thing. I like to... <laughs> yeah, I like to I like to get out there. You're going to bring me to like some weird horse... I've never really been to the horse race. You want me to go out to the horse race when mm. I have like a beer, get out there in the sunshine, like put some, put a nice shirt on? Yeah, for sure. So... Uh, have a good time. Uh, Secretary gave the finest performance of his career, completing the race in two minutes and 24 seconds. Uh, which is a 1.5 mile race. So 1.5 miles in two minutes and 24 seconds is pretty good. Uh, the jockey said that he lost control of the horse, so the horse did all of this on his own volition. He's he's <laughs> he would run six more times. Okay, this is the point I want to get to here. In 1999, mm. ESPN ranked Secretariat number 35 in their list of top 50 North American athletes, the only non-human on the list. My question for you, are horses athletes? <laughs> this is my question. I don't know the answer. I'm torn. Because a jockey is not really an athlete. A jockey is ballast. They're not. They're, they're to like make sure the horse doesn't go into a wall and maintain less weight than... than... Uh, I mean... F- first of all, whatever the fuck ever. <laughs> but like... <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> but I guess like number t- if you're so is the list human athletes? You yeah, know, can like, we do we consider like dogs that go fast? I don't know. It's whatever. Let them have their list. It's ESPN. I get it. It gets you. We're talking about their list twenty years later. That's how I they get you because they put the horse on the list. I do. Can you can you talk yourself into the horse being aware that he's in a race? Because I can't. To be an athlete. So okay, actually, now I've got now I've got an angle. Okay, um, all right. So I've got two cousins that are uh, they're involved in horses for a career. Um, my one okay. cousin owns a farm in Wisconsin where she breeds and trains and puts up horses. She's been riding horses ever since she was a little kid. My cousin Keen, she's the best out there in uh, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, Sublime Saddlebreds. Mm. And I asked her when some wild stuff was happening. Didn't something wild happen in the Kentucky Derby recently? Uh, Horse won like the Triple Crown or yes. like the Kentucky Derby happened in the past couple of years. And I asked uh, yeah. her, I'm like, how aware is the horse that it's competing Mm-hmm. With like that, what we're doing out here is I'm trying to be the fastest. How aware is it of like these other horses? Um, and she said that she like not really consciously like competitive, but just wants to like do well for mm-hmm. I think the people. And we got sort of like off track on the thing, but it's a really interesting question huh. of like that's it makes sense. I mean, because like they're pretty smart. You're told they're smart animals, super smart, they're very smart, super smart, intelligent, I just, intelligent. I just wonder if animals can comprehend competition. No, I don't think I don't they think can, so. and I think I that's think where so. I... that's too that's too abstract of thinking to really yeah. ascribe. That's like humanizing an animal, kind of. They did say that after his death, that the heart of the horse was two and a half times larger than normal, which may have mm-hmm. contributed to his extraordinary racing abilities. Hundred uh, percent. In 2018, Justify uh, won. Uh, the Triple Crown to become the 13th horse. So it was 2018 when the most recent horse won mm. the Triple Crown. Justify yeah. was the name of that horse. I like the names of all this. Gallant Man, another good one. I'm going to start doing my own reading of your history lessons after you do yours. So mine would be for that. It would just be 1973. A horse ran fast. Okay. Uh, I don't have one for 1940. Uh, in 1949, George Orwell's 1984 was mm. published. 
Uh, so there you go. We've talked. I feel like we've talked about it before. It feels like it's super relevant now in yeah, modern it's, times. It's it's certain to have come up too because it's probably one of the most widely known books that there is. Yeah. Like, from around, it may be probably widely known, but, like, less read. I'd be interested to know what book is the one that people know about the most, but the least have read. Uh, so, Animal Farm was the first book he did that sort of talked about, like, the economy and how it can be distorted and had, like, these political angles. He got more political later in his career. Right. Uh, the book, this book, however, 1984, was his first taste of critical and financial success. This was mm. his first major, like, big-time success. First hit. Uh, it also brought a lasting uh, vision of a grim future. Where all citizens were watched constantly and language is twisted to aid in oppression. That sounds mm. vaguely, mm. vaguely mm. familiar. Citizens are watched constantly and mm. language is twisted to aid in oppression. Mm. Heavy stuff. Uh, in the real 1984, <laughs> as we move on, in the real 1984, the movie Ghostbusters was released. Mm. So not quite as grim as Orwell had predicted for that, 84. No. So Ghostbusters just means we're about another 20 years away from having to contend with ghosts in every major city in <laughs> yeah, America. exactly. Yeah, yeah, the ghost uprising is, like I said, you never know what's going to happen in 2020. Uh, Ghostbusters was originally a vehicle for uh, Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, and John Belushi before he died. Mm. So it's supposed to be him. Uh, Bill Murray sort of came in to play the role that Belushi would have played. Bill Murray came in and saved their lives is what happened. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so look, there's a sequel to this movie, Ghostbusters 2. There is a all-female version directed by Paul Feig from 2016. There's another version of Ghostbusters coming out because people didn't like the all-female version. because mm, Gritty reboot. Gritty, yeah, yeah. The, gr the gritty reboot of Ghostbusters is coming. Can I say something? Sure. I, I don't need another Ghostbusters movie. Oh, they're going to come for you now. I, That's fine. Nobody needs another Ghostbusters movie. You're with the people that are behind you. I, I thought the first Ghostbusters movie is really cool. The second Ghostbusters movie is fine. Now you talk a little crazy. It's fine. It's great. It's great. It's just as good as the first one. Who's the guy? Who's the guy who plays the creep? Uh, oh yeah, the, the weird little yeah. Guy. Yeah, he is Vigo. That guy. Whoever that yeah, guy yeah. is, I forget his name off the top of my head now, but he's great. He was on Ally McBeal. Mm. Uh, anyway, he was Ally McBeal's love interest, but he also was in love with Vigo the Carpathian. Right. Uh, but yeah, I don't need. I don't have nostalgia for Ghostbusters the way that. Hollywood wants us to, I feel like. I don't know. The people, the, like, this is one of the things they do sometimes with these reboots is, like, the people who are nostalgic for Ghostbusters are, like, 46. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it's mm -hmm. just, you're sort of, they're pitching it as, like, this young thing, and I feel like it hasn't cycled around enough to get the kids. Yeah. But I feel like the target audience is a little bit older than you're pitching a summer tentpole movie to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the type of people... I don't know. I, just, I don't think that they yeah. they don't really know their audience. I feel like people at the studio are like, oh, I remember Ghostbusters. I loved it when yeah, I was a kid. You're Sixty. So now other people exactly like just <laughs> yeah. a different. Uh, speaking of movies that have had huge, wide uh, impacts on culture, in 1995, another film called Congo premiered mm. in the United States uh, after the success of the novel, the first. Great Train Robbery, mm. uh, Michael Crichton decided he wanted to write a screenplay specifically for Sean Connery. Oh. Uh, he wanted Sean to sort of play this great white hunter character like Alan Quartermain from the older um, Ryder Haggard novels. I don't know much about H Alan Quartermain. I know it's a thing that, that exists. It's sort of like uh, Indiana Jones, sure. sort of adventure yeah, yeah, type adventure character, novel, yeah. right? Uh, but he didn't want to do the movie. Uh, it was offered to Steven Spielberg and John Carpenter, who both declined. This was early on. It was years later that the movie was actually made. Mm. Uh, Congo, the movie in 95, it was 
not well received. It has a 22% rating on, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Roger Ebert, however, liked it. He gave it three out of four stars. Uh, he called it a splendid example of a genre no longer seen in fashion, the jungle adventure story. Oh, okay. I see what he's doing. He probably would have loved Lost City of Z. People like that movie, I heard. Yeah. Bad reviews say that this is a Spielberg knockoff, shamelessly lifting ideas and themes from a handful of Steven's greatest works. Wait, who's not? Who, who wasn't? It's true. In 98. <laughs> this cast is not great. It's uh, Laura Linney, Dylan Walsh. I like Ernie Hudson and Tim Curry, but I could lose everybody else except Joe Don Baker, who I'm uh, going to have a soft spot for. I don't for. think I've ever seen the movie Congo. So the only but reason... I have read the book Congo. Yeah, the book's all right. like twice, probably. Yeah. I, mean, I thought the book was really enjoyable, but it doesn't seem like that made the movie much like the book. Uh, so here's an interesting one right here. Michael Crichton learned that they were not going to use a real gorilla to portray the character of Amy, the sentient sort of yeah, yeah. Uh, sign language capable gorilla in the thing. Yeah. And that's why he left the movie. He couldn't stand for a robot gorilla. He's like, no, it's got to be a real gorilla. And what like, are you? Then... <laughs> He's like, no, I can't. You know, what? You, know what? you know what, Michael Crichton? Then you go talk to the fucking gorilla, okay? Then you go talk to the gorilla and tell the gorilla that you wanted to hit its mark when you click the sticks together in this closed set. Like, I don't... Yes, of course, we would love to have a real gorilla in the movie Michael Crichton, but it's 1997. We just don't have the capability. So my, my peg question for this following up is, what is the worst film that you ever paid to see money for or made your parents go pay money for? Um, like in a theater. So the worst, what's the worst movie I've ever seen in a theater? Yeah. Oh, man. I would... Ooh. I have a couple if you need a second to think about yeah, it. Yeah, you give me a couple of years. I've got to think about some of my theater-going experiences. Right. I, was really I, I have three story. specifically. One is the movie Lake Placid. Uh, I like now, mind you. I like the movie Lake Placid. Yeah, yeah. But this is not a good movie. You like movie. a big croc smash. I like, yeah. It's I like <laughs> yeah. a big dumb croc smash movie yeah, yeah. with Oliver Platt and those. And you ever saw that movie with the where were the Gators in Florida when the hurricane came? What was that movie? Crawl. Crawl. I want to watch that. One. That's on something. You gotta check that. That's on check something. Services. Um, so that was a bad one. I remember going to the movies with my dad to see that because my dad liked a bad movie as well. Uh. And this one was just kind of like you walked out and I didn't even have. Like, I wasn't even mad enough about it to complain. I was like, this was. Fine. It was just, it just didn't feel like I got anything from it. It was not great. Uh, the other one, and this was an interesting one. This is my, well, I'll save this one for last. The other one was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. This is mm. a movie that I went to the theater with my dad to see as well, the Uptown Theater, when I was a kid. And it's the first time as a child that I was like, I no longer like this thing that I used to like. I went to this movie and I was like, I, I don't care what happens in the rest of this movie. It's dumb. I'm, I want to go home. My dad actually, we left. Did not yeah. see the end of the movie in theater. Uh, but the one that I think is the most interesting story is in high school, and I guess Kyle, I don't remember, I forget what years when this movie came out. I read The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown. Oh. I liked the book. It was fine. I don't mm-hmm. I don't love it. It's now it's just fine. It was a good read back then. It was very sure. popular, it was everywhere. Sure. So when the movie came out, I was excited. I brought a girl with me to see the movie who had mm-hmm. not read the book. But she was kind of interested in like art and it was like a cool it was right in her wheelhouse of something she would have liked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great because we went to the movie. The movie's over. She's like, that was pretty good. And I'm just like, this was the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen in my like, whole I'm done. I'm, I'm done with done. this movie. I'm like, they ruined everything about I'm done like, with I... this movie. I'm done with you if you liked it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, I, that was a movie that I remember just because I was, I had like a bad, I was like, I better be this when I go in. And it wasn't. And I just was really overly harsh on it. So those are three movies that I paid money for that I walked out having weird feelings about. So I'd be willing to bet, I've, I've given it some thought, and I've got some stuff, so I'd be willing to bet that the worst movie I ever paid to go see in a theater is probably something that I've forgotten. Mm. And it's probably something during those halcyon days of like being young enough to go to movies on like dates and like with friends and like 
just going to movies more, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. When you were a little bit younger, I'm sure I saw some stuff. But the things that really jump out to me, um, it's funny you say the thing about a date because when I saw the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, mm. it was really bad. And mm-hmm. I went on a date to see that movie, and it was an amazing date. The yep. date itself was excellent. The experience was really nice. You know what I mean? The person, like you know, all that stuff. That was all a really good thing because partially the movie was so bad. Yep. Like, it helped, and we had that whole thing, and we're gassed up going into it and laughing about it after. So you can't really count a movie like that, because sometimes you see a movie that's really bad, but you enjoy seeing it. Like, you know, just yeah. bad movies we enjoy. But the thing that really jumps out to me, probably the worst thing I've ever seen in theaters, I remember a movie called Formula 51. Yo, did we go see that together? Because I saw that in theaters. Maybe. I definitely saw it with a uh, good friend of the pod, uh, Florida correspondent Pat Jarace was there. We definitely, sure. we so definitely went to that movie together. Yep, We all yeah, were at that yeah. movie. That's a very bad movie. Yeah, yeah, that was really bad. That was really, that was really not good. Um, Oh wow! Not even redeemably like it's so bad. There was not anything about that movie that I remember being like, oh yep, I'll take this with me. I I barely remember it now that you bring Mm -hmm. it up. Honestly, yeah, yeah, I don't remember. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's these guys. This should be fine. This would be really good. Richard Carlyle, Robert Carlyle. Yeah, that weird That's, British yeah. guy. Who knows? Yeah. Um, it was so dumb. And then I also remember seeing the movie Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp in theaters. Yep. But like super late at night with my friends. And we were like almost too young to be out that late. Yep. And we were just kind of in trouble. And nobody was really there for even the movie. We were just there to be there. Uh, so that was one that always stuck out to me too. Where like I might actually like that movie more now. When mm. we were kids, we were like, this was dumb. What are we doing here? A couple bad date movies I went on. Now we're on this tangent. Uh, I went to took a girl to see Signs. That was okay. Signs a great date movie. It was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then I took girls to see Inception. Mm. And we were both pretty hyped about it, and then we both walked out like, "What the, what the hell was this?" I watch Inception one of these days. I don't like Inception. I, I'm probably yeah. being. I'm at this point in time, I'm being harsh on Inception. For but sure, I, it's performative, sure. but it's not my favorite. Christmas yeah, that movie. makes sense. It's no prestige. Mm. That's, <laughs> uh, my, I did take a girl to see True Grit, which was a surprisingly good the oh. remake of that. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one. I oh, do you remember this one? This is a good one. Do you remember when we all went as a group to see The Happening? Uh, yeah, I remember, yeah. We were all in a big movie theater, and we were yeah, split yeah, up between, yeah. like, two or three rows. And I ca- yeah. I cashed out on the movie because the lead character was a teacher wearing a sweater vest named Elliot. And I said, to hell with this movie. I'm out of here. I'm done. This I movie go. sucks. I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, but that was a bad one because we oh, were all man. excited for that. We kind of yeah, got yeah, hyped up for that good. movie. Shyamalan, Wahlberg, everything was all happening. Zoe Deschanel, um, very twee. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like I didn't go on a ton. I haven't been on a ton of movie dates. I don't like to go on a movie for a date. Because then, on a date. no, because then I can't talk. And talk if I can't afterwards. talk, I got you talk afterwards. But like, if I've got these two hours, I'd much rather like talk. I feel like in a movie, you're just sitting there being silent. You can do it. I feel like it's for later when you're more comfortable. You can't be on your first couple dates out here going to a movie. Oh, I went on a first date to uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah. What a mistake! Yeah, yeah. What a mistake that was. Was that a mistake? Yes. I feel like you find out real quick, up or down, what, what's just going a, on. It's just a mistake movie. Yeah. Like, it's a gross-out comedy. It's not the... It's I don't a, know, it's... Yeah, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a 40-year-old virgin. It was it's not 40-year-old virgin. Quite a bit more than There's that. some pretty grotesque stuff that happens well, in that it's always It's always funny when you end up in the wrong movie for situations. I always think of the story. We've got a good friend of the show who I won't name who took his parents to see Wolf of Wall Street on Ooh. Christmas Day when Ooh. it came out. It was with his like parents who were you know up damn near their seventies. You know what I mean, like professors and stuff like that. And they're just out there. Sometimes you get in the wrong movie. It's important to research what you're going to see before you go pay your money. It's tough to go see a bad movie in theaters now, though. 
I think about that all the time with all the research we can do. It's really hard to go see something and get blindsided by it being bad nowadays. Uh, uh, we've already gone 20 minutes in this back section here, so I'm going to just blast through a couple stories we were going to talk about that I think you should look up. Uh, okay. Jesse, the Marines banned using descriptions, uh, depictions of the Confederate flag, including bumper stickers and mugs. Can you believe it's been this long? Great move. Yeah, Keep great move. Uh, also on this day, a Rhode Island donut shop uh, is dropping police and military discounts because they're fed up. More mm. of them. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we won't talk too much about that, but that's a story that happened this week. Oh, the FBI says that a guy blew off his hand with a bomb this week that he was planning to attack hot cheerleaders, quote-unquote, with. Hot cheerleaders? So, he was going to bomb hot cheerleaders? Yeah, and he blew off his parts oh, of look his at him. Yeah, he's all messed up. He got blasted with his own oh, stupid... Bo- I mean... Yo, play stupid games yeah. and win stupid prizes. <laughs> prizes. I was just going to say. I was 100%. like, come on, man. 100%. In uh, a story that's a little closer to home, the town of Sullivan is suing the Wild Animal Park in Shenango. Oh, Shenango. really? Wow, how come? What's going on? So they, essentially because of everything getting shut down because yeah, of the yeah. pandemic, they turned their park into a drive through safari. Yeah, yeah, safari. Uh, and the town of Sullivan's not pleased about it. They don't I think they it. have the proper permits to have it I'm open. I'm sure in. they don't. Have you ever been to the Wild Animal Park in Chittenango? I have very mixed opinions on it. Uh, yeah, Super very mixed, mixed opinions. Very, very it's mixed wild opinions and it's crazy it. and you're out there with the animals and I can also tell that the people who work there and the people who run it are trying their best. Yep. But it becomes a question of if uh, the best is enough sometimes. I, I'm not making a judgment on anything because I don't For know sure. the answer. For I'm not sure. a zoologist. Same. Whatever. Same. It does seem to me those cages seem somewhat restrictive. Restrictive. And they've got That's a all wild, I'll say. they've got such a wide breadth of animals, sure, but like I don't know, the Utica Zoo they should the Utica Zoo should just be able to get all their animals. And give the Utica Zoo like the half the golf course and just give it all to them. That's what um, I want to see. And also, people are dunking on the Washington Redskins this week because they... <laughs> perennially. Perennially. Because the Washington Redskins put out one of those, like, black, square, white letter, we, mm. we support. Button. Yeah. And then a lot of people just, like, change your name. Yeah. <laughs> so, people are reminding them, hypocrisy exams. I uh, saw uh, I saw some All Lives Matter signage uh, at a business in the village of Hartford today. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, Mohawk Valley First Choice Realty. Shout out right there near like Taj Mahal where Heather Shop used to be. Oh. It's got a script reading. They're trying to make it be like, oh, everybody's got to come together and like unborn babies are lives too and talk to God. I see. But, I mean, they made they, big enough letters. Well, I will make sure to... Uh, <laughs> for all your realty, all the houses to, we're buying. To go there for all my realty needs. Morons. All right. Uh, <laughs> fools. Fools. A uh, couple quick bits from other blogs. Well, I guess we'll do one before we close up. Uh, oh, I love it. What is the proper strategy for completing a jigsaw puzzle? Do you group all the pieces by color? Do you start with the edges? Do you pick small sections and build out? What is your plan when you build a jigsaw puzzle? Uh, my mom would say, uh, even though we're not supposed to talk about her. Uh, we are not supposed to reference your mother, Angela, here on the show because she doesn't like it when we say her name or she reference her in any like way. It. So it's important that we don't reference her any further. She but doesn't want to be mentioned on the show. She would say to me, you have to do the edges first. You have to build the outside piece because the edge pieces have those uh, flat uh, yeah, spots. Yeah, no, no, 100% correct. You gather all the edge pieces, then you build your edges, and then you can strategize about grouping colors or whatever it is you might want to do. Uh, but until you have those edges, you have nothing. I used to be so good at this, I would call myself the Edge Lord, and then that was taken away from me, unfortunately, by the internet. And I'm very, I mean, they can have it; it's fine. <laughs> so you think? I tell everybody how much of an Edge Lord, <laughs> uh, Lord of the Edges. I also do like to do the thing though. Once I have some wall built, I'll try and find one particular part of the picture that's particularly 
noteworthy. It's important to keep your brain moving and functional. So whatever's interesting to you if you're putting together pieces, and it's especially, that's why a jigsaw puzzle is nice for adults to do with kids. Yeah. Because different people can have different jobs. Do you remember any particular puzzles you had as a kid that you would do? I don't remember uh, the image of any puzzles. (laughs) The only, so two things. I don't remember any images of any puzzles. I just remember doing them, like with my mother and with various people when we were young. Yep. Uh, the only image of any puzzle that I remember in my life is the puzzle that was pictures of ice cream that Michael and Bobby Budnick did mm. in Salute Shorts when they both had the tonsils. Yep. yep. And then they broke in and got the ice cream and they were friends after that. Uh, I had... Remember when you go to like the, the dollar store and you could buy like a puzzle for like a buck? Like for sure. I'm sure you them, still can. Yeah. Like 50 cent, fifty piece, 100 piece puzzles. Mm-hmm. I definitely had a Hulk Hogan full-size ripping his shirt open mm. puzzle. So there's definitely like a bunch of pieces in there. It's just like Hulk Hogan's like nipple. Like mm. here, ooh, which nipple is this on the Hulkster? Yeah, which tan. nipple you got? Which nipple you got there, Hulkster? I feel like we would do like landscapes and stuff like that a lot. Just like paintings and landscapes and things like that when I was a kid. Justin brought me a puzzle not too long ago, but it's like cats in a candy store with jelly beans. It's very uh, cute. Well, I mean, it's not about the picture. It's about the journey. Putting the pieces pretty, together. It's pretty cute. I remember on Salute Your Shorts, some people stand by it. They say you got to do the puzzle upside down. Face down is the only way to put the puzzle together is what they say. That seems crazy to me. That's outrageous. Could you imagine? Do you remember the 3D puzzles? Uh, you do like yeah. a 3D puzzle yeah, yeah. of like the... It's always a mess. You can never do it. They're hard. Because they didn't really crazy go hard. together. Because yeah. <laughs> you could force Those any two back. pieces. Now that, we have, now that we have like 3D printers and stuff like that, well, that'll come back. For sure. Wildly hard. I had like, I forget if it was like Big Ben or an Empire State Building or something. Again, I got it specifically so Godzilla could destroy it, but I could never build it because it was too hard for my mm. idiot child brain. I went back to Legos and Lincoln Logs almost immediately. So, that's it. All right. We're done here this week. We, we survived. We're done. Week. We made it. Another week in the books. Next week, five-year anniversary of the podcast. Um, You're going to give yourself an ulcer about this. No. I'm excited. I am. Gassed. We should yell the whole time. <laughs> Just shout. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, shout out to Heather. Uh, I will definitely, no matter what happens this week, I will uh, get on Zoom or Skype and I'll do something with Heather for next week so you guys will get to hear her voice. No more Sausage Party episodes with just the men. I'll try and get some other people on here. I'm going to reach out to a few guests from uh, the past to see if they'd be interested in chatting us up. We'll see. I, I've, I've got some... Some hooks in the water. I see. Casting out some casting hooks. Casting out some hooks. Summertime's coming. That's how you know. Uh, follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow yeah, me yeah. at SF Doom. Follow Heather at Heather Waz One. Follow Made Utica at Made in Utica. Follow the show at Uticast. We are on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts. We are taking over the web. Sayonara, humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Right? Stand up. Use your voice. Yeah. Do what's right. And uh, all lives can't possibly matter until Black Lives Matter. So exactly. Exactly. Do the right thing. And if you're the person, stand up, keep fighting, stand out there. And Help, you think, donate, give a couple dollars. And if you think you're the kind of person who doesn't need to hear us talk about this, you are 100% the kind of person. Oh, and please never listen to the show again if you don't yeah. want to. Ever. Never listen Ever. to Yeah. But if you think that you don't need to hear people talk about this, then uh, you're the person who needs to hear it. And if you think I'm wrong, please come talk to me. Don't be a jerk to you, but I will tell you why you're wrong. Um, you know, so. treat people good out there. Change of mind. It's talking to folks. Everybody should always treat everybody. All right, keep What's it going good. on now? We're just here. We're yeah. keeping it tight. Is this the end? Keep it tight, listeners. We'll talk to you next week. Five years. Next week. <laughs>